Hello, it is Tuesday, August 10th, a beautiful day indeed. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. Big conversation, big guests. Good day, good day. If you enjoy the show by the end of it, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't listen, we didn't do a show, you didn't like it, just don't tell anybody. But if you do like it, let's do a little guerrilla marketing, you know, boots on the ground. Be a friend, tell a friend, and uh, let's hope to continue to grow this thing and build this thing as football season is 30 days out. Be excited. All right, let's get to it. We have Clyde Christensen, quarterback coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers currently, formerly of the Colts with both Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning, and was also the wide receiver coach for Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, and everybody like that. He was my quarterback coach as well, and a friend of ours. He just got back from a hell of a Hall of Fame weekend in Canton with Tom Brady to see Peyton Manning. I assume this little fella here, all right, 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 with eternal optimism, just oozing through his body was a pretty big part of Tom going to Tampa Bay, especially after Tom's relationship with Peyton had continued to blossom. We talked to Clyde the day after the Super Bowl or a couple days after they won the Super Bowl, and he said, Tom's already calling me about next year and all this. He's just an incredible guy. He'll get mocked on the internet every once in a while because he'll be like, hey, Tom Brady has a coach. Think about it. If you ever think your job isn't really that important, remember that Tom Brady has a quarterback coach. Well, I would assume that Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, and every other goat that this dude has coached would come forward and say Clyde Christensen is a massive part of why I became the player I became he helped me out and I played a completely different position still owes me 20 bucks Uh, come on Clyde son of a Bitch, this guy. Pay time, up. Time to pay the piper. He yeah. loves golf. Obviously, he's an offensive coordinator in the NFL and a few, our former offense coordinator in the NFL. Can't wait to chat with him about what's Bruce Arians talking about. Bruce Arians has come out and just, he's gone after that Buccaneers team. He thinks that, in my eyes, Bruce thinks everybody got a little comfortable over Hall of Fame weekend because he was gone. Clyde was gr- gone. Goody was gone. Tom was gone. He said the first day back after a day off, the offense, every whole team looks like shit. Ooh. Can't wait to ask Clyde what that's all about. Maybe Clyde needs to coach him up a little bit better. If they're looking to go undefeated, they're going to have to make that happen. Can't wait to chat with Clyde about not the, only the Buccaneers this year, but what happened over the weekend. And in the third hour, the most, uh, was it last year or this year? I don't know because they were bundled together. The Pete Rozelle Award winner, Hall of Famer, Joe Buck will join us. Wow, in the hey, Joey! Even a mention of his name will draw a reaction both positively and negatively from millions and millions of people around the globe. He has called basically every single big moment that there was to call in baseball, in football, ever since he was 24 years old. The youngest ever broadcaster to be given an entire slate of NFL games. Now... His dad was in the business. His mom was very well connected. And a lot of people say that's why Joe got his job. Maybe that is the case, and that happens in TV a lot. But what Joe has done since that day, all the way till now, I think he's absolutely crushed it. Fucked up a few times. I think everybody's going to do that on live TV, especially calling massive moments. But I think Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are the booth in the NFL. I'm not 100% sure how many others agree with that or not. But they're my favorite to listen to. I think they're the most relatable. Can't wait to talk to Joe Buck. And also can't can't wait to see just the internet react to Joe Buck. Yeah, man. Sure. You know, it's sometimes it's kind of nice to just kind of see what's going on out there. Hey, oh, let, me, yeah. let me jump right into a fire real quick just yeah. to feel if I'm alive. Or not. <laughs> and that's kind of what happens with Joe Buck every single day. But uh, heavy is the head to wears the crown of the man who has to speak at every single big event. You're going to piss off people regardless. But I think being a Hall of Famer is 
worth all of that for him and more. We'll talk to that. And there's a lot going on in the NFL right now. To join me in conversation for the first hour, the Toxic Table at Boston Connor and Ty Schmidt. Yesterday, very early in the show, we got a very frustrated Boston Connor. Yeah, didn't we, big time. Big time. I don't know what happened. Uh, you know, some previous statements may have came through the woodwork that he wasn't Not quite yet. ready to admit to. Or I mean, I don't know what happened, but yeah, he lost would his you, cool. Would you like to apologize for losing your mind? What I think it 24 hours ago yeah. at about right now because this is very early in the show on the left coast over there it's 9 a.m they're watching yeah. this, this yeah. is one of the first That's things true. they turn on people just got done with lunch at work or at school they came in here for a nice mental vacation 10 minutes in some facts were stated right. by you and me mm-hmm. and others in the back, mm-hmm. and you got mm-hmm. furious. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't fully understand it. Is there anything you would like to follow up upon yesterday's uh, situation or no? Uh, you know, Pat, I will apologize uh, to nobody Whoa! because Whoa! this is still Whoa! bullshit. Now, I'm not going to raise my voice like I did yesterday because I know what you two sons of bitches are trying to do to me right now. No, and come when on. you say, oh, the guys in the back were saying stuff too. This guy right here, this guy, Zito, the guy who sits basically over my left shoulder, lies more than the goddamn lie detector, Whoa. okay? So I don't want to hear about it anymore. Wow. So what What about Foxy, though? He's not a liar. Jason never speaks. He's Foxy's a, a fraud. Foxy's a fraud. I don't have to address Foxy. Okay, Jay, I will never either yell at Jay, look at Jay. I don't know what Jay will do. I don't know if he has that switch, and I don't want to face the wrath of Jay. And Nick, Nick's fine, too. He's Italian. I don't want to have that whole entire group of people coming after well, me. I've been watching well. documentaries and shows, and I don't want to deal with that. But it's you two that my qualms are aimed at and at Zito right okay. there. Well, listen, we apologize for bringing that back up. I didn't know if you had a change of heart here <laughs> on this beautiful yeah, Tuesday, right. August Gave me the 10th. opportunity. Well, he did. I don't know if you guys had a change of heart. You guys don't. You guys done spinning this bullshit yarn? Are we going to talk about Ellinger being the Colts quarterback for the next 17 weeks? Or no? Okay. Are we going to ignore that? We will. We will get into the Sam Ellinger conversation. And by the way, we're back. Yeah. Uh-huh. Aren't we? Yeah. Sam Ellinger, good. F- former Texas quarterback. Not sure if he was drafted or a six-round six draft pick mm-hmm. of the Indianapolis Colts this year. He has gone through a little bit of adversity in his family since the draft and becoming a Colt. Everybody speaks of him glowingly. Not 100% sure. I'm ready to say, hey, that's our, that's our quarterback. Wasn't ready to do it for Jacob Eason either. But there's a battle currently happening, I think, for number two overall behind Carson Wentz whenever he gets back into the fold post his foot surgery. And I like how... You wanted to point out Sam Ellinger being a quarterback and getting his first real first-team reps. And congrats to Sam. It's a dream. Good work, Sam. Enjoy it. You know, hook them out there with passes and enthusiasm. You know what I mean, Sam? Hook them out there with incredible cadences. And, you know, hook them out there, Sam. That's what we're pulling for, honestly. Texas member of the SEC, people forget. Uh, But I I think what the bigger story of the Colts camp is, and I didn't plan on leading off with the Colts. You wanted to do this, which maybe New England Patriots fans should question even more so. Is that right? Is that right? Oh, okay. (laughs) You let off with me being a Bucks fan, which is a bold thing. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. I never said that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. I never said that. that. Never said that. Heard that before. Another Italian phrase. Now you know I'm not going after Nick. Uh, Anyways. 
the Italians are in the middle of it right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. The, the Italian culture is getting attacked right now, and I'm not sure how you guys feel or not. Is everything... It's anti-Italian discrimination. And, <laughs> I don't know, because I think it's the Italian coming out and saying... No, no, no. no, 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 no that that headline, headline doesn't need to be plastered everywhere. We could do without that. Hey, I did see that on the internet. You know, I don't dive into the politics much, but I did see that... Uh, <laughs> I did see that oh, yeah. one prominent Italian in... Politics yep. and in the world, basically, he might—he probably, I don't know if he's president of the Italian club or he's from or not. Okay, I don't Hell know. No. I, I'd assume I don't know. He's acting like he is. The headline read the photo, and I did not watch it. Obviously, I don't dive into the politics. But the headline that I saw on the photo clearly stated, "I'm not perverted. I'm just Italian. I'm Italian. I'm Italian. Italian. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Hey, I thought this was a sports show. All right. Let's get back to it. Wait, 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 Pat. I didn't grow up with Italians, so I don't know how Italians are. Whoa. Like, from what I just heard on this, are, are they all kind of like scumbags? No. Oh, I have never oh, experienced. Oh. Listen, the Italians. You got a lot of balls. Yeah, the Italians. Well, I just have to ask. Hey, speaking of, <laughs> never mind. The, the Italians <laughs> that I grew up around were not a, a tribe of gropey Italians, I do okay. not think. Okay. And I, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, this was the headline from an Italian. I'm only 0.01% Italian. I believe the person that said this particular line is a lot more Italian Pretty than Italian. I am. So I don't want to broad brush this, but I will say the Italians that I grew up around, this is not, that, that was a, that was a fugace. Okay, good. Headline. Well, good bodies in the mash, Italians in Pittsburgh is what you're saying. No, no, those are bodies in the river. Okay, yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't okay. know if we're doing that. I think you're, you're talking about the Irish up there. Oh, right? yeah, plenty of them. Yeah, big marsh team, uh -huh. the Irish. Anyways, Sam Ellinger has a chance now to really, you know. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Truly. He's finally got an opportunity. Great pivot. Great pivot. Wentz is class, so you know he's going to play All during right. the season. All right, so that's, what, that's the positive of the whole thing. Sam Ellinger and Eason are currently battling, I think, for number two overall. And I'm going to say starting week two. I think Carson Wentz is back. I'm not sure about week one because how many days out are we from NFL football? 30. One month away, four weeks roughly, you know, and some change there. I just don't know if he will be able to come back, if it's a smart move, especially with a 17-game season, to bring him back like that. But I think week two, week three, especially with that projection of five to 12 weeks that we were told, and then Frank Wright came on this show and said he thinks it's going to be on the earlier, much closer to the five than to the 12, basically is what he said. Now at training camp, Quentin Nelson and Carson Wentz are both roaming around Indianapolis Colts field just one week removed from the surgery, which I was told you couldn't put weight on for two weeks because blood circulation circulation getting in there or any other things happening here we are one week removed Carson and Quentin Nelson no boot walking around these must have been very 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 successful anomalies surgery mm -hmm. and high school injury that just repopped up surgery for them to be back out there so although Sam Ellinger probably is looking unbelievable and hook them hook the hell out hook them hook we're back it's also too sweet and wolf back yep Woo. Hey, will your wolf kiss my wolf, Corey Graves? That's what I said to him. He said, no, get your wolf out of here. We never really got it done. But Sam Ellinger, I think, is competing for second string right now. Carson Wentz is going to be back, as is Quentin Nelson. I don't know who the fuck this foot surgeon is, but let's put them in the goddamn ring of honor here in Indianapolis, especially if this team goes on a run and Carson Wentz can remain healthy out here. You would assume that if there's no boot, like he's probably not going to be practicing and stuff like that, but he can at least get working, right? So he probably will – He. You would assume that he he probably won't play week one. I don't know who they play, but um, walk through stuff like that, right? Meetings, 
can do. Upper body workouts can do. If he's walking around the practice field, that is a huge step because normally, especially in this particular surgery, from what we were told on the internet, and the internet did tell me something much differently about the uh, the Italians this morning than oh, I yeah. knew. The internet did tell whoa, me whoa, that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The, it, what, there's there's the, breaking wow. news on that front as well. What happened? He's out. Oh, so shit. he's not just Italian. He is potentially also the... We don't need to break that news, but... He resigned. Oh. He's out. Wow. Okay. Did not see that coming. So the headline that read, I'm not perverted, I'm just Italian, should also say, I'm not perverted, I'm just Italian, and I'm out of here. <laughs> That's what the headline is updated <laughs> Maybe to Maybe we chop off the first part of that and stick with the, the relevant news that he's out. You want to chop off the perverted part, the Italian part, or you're keeping it? You can leave the perverted part. Maybe we take the Italian part. Oh, you you want to stop linking the Italians to this guy as a whole? Ideally, yes. That would be the the dream scenario. He's tying himself to you guys. Yeah, Uh Very, very tight. And I thought that's what the whole thing was family. You know what I mean? That's right. This is family. Well, he's taking some liberties with the culture there, okay? (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Hey, Franklin Nicholas Moraldo. I I, I just, I want to know, like. My name's not Franklin. I want to know. Please have some respect for Big Frank. <laughs> Listen, you're right. Big Frank did not deserve that. Big Frank is concrete. It's fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Top tier. Oh, yeah. Hey, as Italian to Italian here, you and me, what are we doing about this whole headline that's really disparaging? I think we just washed our hands of it. He's out. Oh, he resigns. No, he's going to be showing up at all these Italian oh, yeah. Now he's going to lean on the family oh, more than ever. Wait till, wait till he's fucking throwing bocce balls in all 50 states. Yeah. I mean, that's oh, going to wow. be happening very soon. He, you think Coach Diggs is going to let him into his Italian Ain't club? Ain't no way Coach is letting this guy anywhere near the club. Hey, I heard what you said. <laughs> his last words, I love New York and I love you. Did he, is that what he said? That was his last words, yeah. Wow. Was he wow. talking about Good like, a reporter down front? Oh, jeez. <laughs> resigns from... <laughs> I'm Italian. Come on, I'm Italian. Give me a kiss. Come here, give me a kiss. Ah, <laughs> stunad, this guy. Anyways, Carson Wentz seems to be yeah. back. Yeah. Okay, a lot earlier than we thought. Yeah. And although <laughs> the Italian in charge is gone now, for despicable things is what is being alleged. I don't know. I don't know enough. All I saw was the headline. Right. And that was enough for me to really understand which way that whole thing was going. Although he's out, I think Carson Wentz is going to be back. And I'm not sure how many other sports shows can really thread the the needle like that and kind of sew these things together. But you're talking top Italian government news being tied into Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts with a foot surgeon. That's why this show will forever be the fucking worst thing to ever happen on earth. But for real, Carson's back, it feels like. Don't you think? Why, you wanted to mention Sam Ellinger, I think, because before you saw that Carson Wentz was dosy doing around practice already, a week out from his foot surgery, and he was supposed to be down in bed for two weeks, which I thought was the standard. Frank told us, doctors told us that you still wanted to get in your whole, ha, 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 really good team, got Sam Ellinger as your quarterback, who's a rookie, and although he might be great, it might take him at at least five, six years to figure that out because Peyton Manning, he threw the most interceptions in the NFL his rookie year. still took a couple years to really get good. So this team that's ready to win right now, you're saying about to rely on a rookie quarterback that didn't win much in college. That's what you were trying to say, but Carson Wentz is back, pal. Anytime I can throw some fire on, you know, the Colts, I will. But I think just similar to the Patriots, like Ellinger has a pretty, you know, not simple, but he's got a great O-line. He's got a good running game. He's got T.Y. Hillen. He's got a good defense. Like if Ellinger wins week one and Wentz isn't ready and 
Eric Fisher, let's say, isn't ready till week three, wouldn't you just rather, you know, be kind of patient with Wentz so you know that if he does wait till week three that he'll last the entire season? He's not rushing back at all? Yeah, I don't know anything about how the medicals will check out. Yeah. But I, if he can play, I think you get him in. Because this is his first year with the team as well. True. You yeah. know, now, listen, if Sam Ellinger goes out there and has a Tom Brady-like debut when Drew Brees got knocked into wine country, uh-huh. right? Okay. Almost died. Almost died. Yeah. Literally happy legit. to hear he's yeah. okay. Legit happy he's okay. But Tom came in and kind of like, I think, did well, right? It was mm-hmm. like almost immediately everybody was like, oh, we got a guy. And that can happen. And I think that is the interesting thing about evaluating quarterbacks. You have no idea who's going to stink and who's going to be good. You have no clue. There's been so many busts that have been drafted so early. And then there's been so stars that have been drafted what 199 is what mm-hmm. tom brady is like who knows if sam ellinger is going to be great okay who knows don't put me in the camp of like i'm pitching for sam ellinger here i'm just in the state of mind with everything you said about the team for sam ellinger that is why i'm excited to see carson wentz because carson wentz hasn't had a team like that ever probably mm-hmm. uh, I'm the great best offensive line in the league in conversations they're in conversations there's going to be a lot of people that take offense to that because their offensive line is so good and uh, let's just go like top five there's probably like a top five that everybody depending upon the style of play and everything like that there's an offensive lines that have been configured that are fucking great and the Colts have one of those yes. now if Eric Fisher's back week three that's obviously a great week four that's great with 17 game season or whatever but Carson, it feels like he's going to be back a lot earlier than we think. So, oh, the panic that I was potentially feeling and displaying, I think it's all been put away. Quentin Nelson's ready to block whoever. Six days out, fuck that, he said. I don't need any pity. I'm back in six days with this thing. That's good news for the Colts. Well, and I think with Carson, like obviously he's much more comfortable being here than he was in Philly at the end. But with how everything was going, like if he is ready to go, you wouldn't want to play Ellinger and then have Ellinger go out there and yeah, ball throw, exactly throw for four touchdowns and you know it's like oh shit now now is there's not really like a quarterback controversy because they paid Carson all this money, but it's like you know. You even give that like shred of an option that who who knows what happens. I think like once he's ready to go, it, it needs to be his team. So Frank's gonna have to do whatever to win the game. And if it's Sam Ellinger throwing for four touchdowns, he's gonna have to do that. But that is gonna be a scene. That, mm-hmm. Or time. at least a talking point. Right. That's gonna become a talking point. But Carson's gotta be back. But if he like people say he gets hurt. You know, and we've got a chance to experience this. He didn't get hurt this time, by the way. He got hurt in high school. That's, That's right. right. So this wasn't a now injury. This was a then injury. Reaggravated. His body was actually like, hey, we need to heal. He, he's in a healing time right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz is a healer now, not a guy who gets injured. He's just, you know, um, making up for past situations yeah. in high school when he was once a guy who got injured a lot because of the way he plays and how big he is. But what if he does get injured again? Like, that's immediately a lot of the Philadelphia Eagles fans were tweeting. Of course, Carson, going to fuck us over one more time or whatever. We paid him. Everything happens. Well, now we don't even get a first-round pick out of it. We only get a second-round pick because he got hurt or whatever. And then there was optimism that he was going to come back. And then a bunch of Eagles fans who are very negative, I think. And not just Eagles fans are negative, but I think these people in general are very, very negative people. And Philly does have that potential connotation. They said, oh, it- you think this is the last time he's going to get hurt. And that is kind of what scares me because Carson – He's so big. He's a lumbering guy. Seems to be happy. Seems to be athletic. Seems to be fitting in with the team. The team seems to be loving him. Everything's built for him to be successful. But some people get unlucky with and unfortunate with injuries. And if that happens, 
these one reps for Sam Ellinger that he's getting in training camp are going to be a big fucking deal, I think. Yeah, you'd hope his style of play maybe changes a little bit, too, now that he does have this good of an offensive line and he's got pieces on the outside. Because I think in Philly, he felt like he had to do everything himself. He was holding on to the ball way too long. He'd scramble, and he was just getting punished. But I think he realizes here now, like, oh, yeah, like you said, like this team is ready to win now. I don't have to – you know, I don't have to be Batman. I can be Bruce Wayne, to quote James. Okay, so you think potentially Carson, while he was down for that injury for a couple days, heard James say that quote from Drew Brees. Carson, oh, oh, shit. shit. That's genius. Take the hockey pads off. Yeah. Uh, Michael Thomas, speaking of Jameis, Michael Thomas liked the tweet basically explaining his entire situation uh, and asking, like, how is this Michael Thomas's fault? How is Michael Thomas the bad guy in this entire situation? The tweet comes from Jordan Schultz, who I'm not 100% sure who it is. Schultz Report, I believe. I went to his Twitter. A lot of good stuff from this guy. So I oh, should yeah. know more about him. At Schultz underscore report. Michael Thomas got hurt during week one in garbage time, which has been something that a lot of... Uh, Saints fans who have backed Michael Thomas have tweeted me and told me that it weren't, nobody's talking about enough. When he got hurt, they could have just kneeled on the ball and nailed that thing out, but instead he got caught up in some bullshit. It was in garbage time. Damn. Yeah, like a decision was made for the offense. They could have just kneeled out. The, it could have been over or whatever. A play happened and Michael Thomas got hurt. I did not do the research to go back and see that, but I've gotten this tweet saying this similar thing. 20 to 30 times, I'd say. So normally when something happens at a pretty regular basis, I go in and check it. I don't have the uh, uh, the will or the time to go back into this entire thing. I should. I haven't. But Schultz is reporting. Michael Thomas got hurt during week one garbage time when the Saints should have been protecting their investment. The medical staff then cleared him several times during the regular season from that same injury and agreed to hold off on surgery. So Thomas waited to have surgery, and yet he's at fault. So last season... He got injured in garbage time. I believe it was the end of the game. They could have just kneeled it out. They chose not to for whatever reason. He gets Something happens, he gets hurt then. Then you remember all season, this was a conversation piece for the Saints. Whether it was him not being able to play because the ankle injury, him coming back and playing, him not being dressed because he came back, practice, got into a fight, then him standing on the sideline, then him and Sean Payton obviously being at odds. All the way through... Jay Glazer telling us yesterday that he does not see it ending good. He said it's not going to end good at all. So Michael Thomas, in his eyes, felt like, oh, it was bullshit that I got hurt. It was a, it was a bullshit decision for the reason I got hurt. You guys trained me and told me to come back last season so that we can go on a run. And then immediately after the season's over, whenever for the last 17, 18 weeks, uh, their conversation might have been like, hey, now you need surgery or whatever. And Michael Thomas might have thought, no, nah, I could do this myself. There's probably a little bit of angry, anger between each other and angst between each other for how the whole entire season went. Probably a loss of trust out of Michael Thomas with some people in there, especially when it comes to the medical side. You can see why Sean Payton's frustrated because there was no conversation for the last three months. Then he learns that Michael Thomas, one of the best players on the planet, even though he might have a little bit of a personal uh, beef happening right now for some decisions that were made, he's still a great player you want to have on your team. He's out now for however long it is. That's not good. And then he likes these tweets. Michael Thomas, without doing an interview, basically says like, hey, let's fucking, let's remember here, 
that I have a side in this entire story as well. And then that's what he posted on his social media. Uh, you didn't tell your side to make them a hero or something like that along yeah. those lines. It's getting ugly publicly. There's only 30 more days until the season. He won't be ready for that. Nope. He's got weeks and weeks still recovery for the, the surgery he's about to have. If Michael Thomas goes on the market, I think there's going to be a lot of people that want Michael Thomas on their team. And with that Saints squad, I'm not sure they can afford to lose another weapon or playmaker, but it seems like they might have no other option. Can they trade him even though he's not playing until like week seven, week eight, like you said, or do they have to kind of wait it out and rehab him, get him back to fully healthy? Um, but with everything that happened last year, it just seems like there's no way that he's actually going to be able to be on the Saints this year and like agree with Sean Payton on anything. I don't know, because you see Xavier Howard. Sure. You see like situations, and now this is not business. This is personal. Yeah. This is a personal with, with thing. Thomas. With Michael Thomas yeah. and Sean, this is a personal thing, strictly because you told me to do something. I did it. I want to do something. There's no there for whatever reason, there is some real personal shit going yeah. on. Now, business is always included in the NFL. But whenever you talk business reasons why something doesn't work out, and then personal reasons, I think you're talking two different stories. Mm. I, I think that is two different situations. For instance, Russell Wilson, right? That was allegedly a personal thing. Yeah. They got over it. Right, Xavier Howard, that was a business thing. They got over it. We don't know what's going to happen with Aaron. We have no idea. But somehow, sometimes, there's a sit-down, a conversation that has to happen. And I think uh, Jay Glazer actually said, I don't know if it was about, oh, it was Aaron and Guttekunz have to go do something. Something similar for Sean and Michael Thomas, probably. Applebee's. You got to go to Applebee's, get the sampler platter. (laughs) You know, maybe uh, hit a piece pipe or two of CBD, obviously, or vitamins. Maybe grab some mushrooms. And I'm not talking about the ones you put on pizza. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking about the boomers. You know, I want to get you going there and see things a little bit more. Clearly, but I think that can happen still. Who knows if it will because Sean Payton's got a lot to focus on and Michael Thomas is going to have a lot to focus on. But if they can get back on the same page, it's good for the Saints. If not, there's going to be a lot of teams that want him. I would assume it's magnified too, right? Because he feels like, hey, you guys jerked my chain this whole time and essentially just wasted an entire year of my career in my prime. Like I could have, you know, I mean, I maybe could have gotten surgery really early and then come back and been 100% for the – you know, the stretch run into the playoffs, but instead, it, I, you know, like, is there any way you actually can come back from that, you think? Like, or is he just like, all right, fuck it, I'm done with you guys, everyone? Yeah, because he wasn't, he made a couple plays last year, right? But it was He not, was hurt, like, was the bad. whole year, pretty yeah. much. And he was limping, yeah. and then mm-hmm. he got into the fight, and they're like, well, uh, he's got to learn, I forget, he's got to learn to be a part of the team or something like that. And the entire season, Michael Thomas had to be like, you motherfuckers are forcing me to play right now, and now I'm the bad guy. That's how Michael Thomas is feeling. I'm not saying there's probably somewhere in the middle here that is the actual true who, how who should feel here. But Michael Thomas is, I think, trying to say, like, I have a valid reason to be very furious about everything that happened here. Sean Payton does as well. This is one of those situations you just got to hope that they can get through if you're a Saints fan. And if you're somewhere else that needs a weapon like the Colts, oh, you got to think, like, hey, Whoa. hey. Hey, they screwed you over down there, Michael. Don't listen to that shit. There's some breaking news coming out of the Saints. Cornerback Patrick Robinson, once of the Colts, by the way, informed the team that he is retiring, says Ian Rappaport's Twitter account. After 11 seasons and a Super Bowl title, the former first-rounder calls it quits. Congratulations on a hell of a run. I think he won a Super Bowl in Philadelphia, if I do recall. I'm not Uh, sure. I think it was in Philadelphia. he, He was in our locker room, got along with everybody. 11 years, hell of a run incredible um, thing to be able to do at corner, especially with 
how athletic you have to be, the mindset you have to have on a regular basis of just being better than everybody else and forgetting any potential negatives that happen in the in a player in the game. Congrats to Patrick Robinson. But yet again, here for the New Orleans Saints, here's another situation that they're currently dealing with and they don't have a quarterback. So, I oh. mean, it is it is a much different time down in New Orleans. Yeah. Much different. Just last, last year, two years ago, three years ago, it's like, hey, we're doing a parade down here, Mardi Gras. We're going to win the Super Bowl. This is Drew Orleans. Let's go ahead and Hell keep yeah. it moving. Now it's like they had to cut a bunch of people because of salary cap reasons. They got disputes going on with one of their star players sean payton doesn't have a quarterback yet he doesn't know who it's going to be i mean it is they'll figure it out because that defense is still very good and sean payton's still a good coach but there's a lot of reasons to think to yourself you're a saints fan fuck are we dead yeah if you have the saints you know the first four weeks of the season your team is lucked out and luckily for ty and myself <laughs> we both get the saints within the first three weeks uh tampa is good tampa's fourth Okay. For the Patriots. You cannot be doing this to me because all these people are going to start believing you. Like, oh, you know what? He is a fraud. And I will go back and get the receipts this weekend. You know what? I just I got my plans this weekend. Sorry, guys. I can't do anything this weekend because oh, I'm going dude. back and I'm watching 800 of these shows to find the clips of when I said this goddamn shit because you two are driving me insane. You're driving me Whoa. off that cliff. No, I want to let You're you doing know. It. Whenever we say something like that, I didn't know who you were pulling for. You're, were you talking about Tom or Boxer were you talking about the Patriots? Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> should I That was, I think they're going in a different direction, so let's go back a sentence or two. Okay, okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Ha! Huh. Last a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. That's right. Dangers. Downtown. Bingo. Occup- er, population, you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yeah, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have the confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. The Hammered Dime Boys join us in studio, and a legend from Ohio is here. Thank you for listening on Sirius XM Channel 82, Mad Dog Sports Radio, <laughs> YouTube.com forward slash The Pat McAfee Show. Call our 5 hour NG phone line, one 4 McAfee joining us now from an attic that is beautifully set up 
to have perfect audio and terrible internet. Ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl champion, college football national champion, AJ Hall. Hey! What's up, dude? What's happening, guys? I, I caught a little bit of the show, man, first hour. I'm pretty sure uh, Francis Ngannou runs the uh, Gridiron Gang Bleacher Report <laughs> account. Okay, so it's BR Gridiron. And if it's Ngannou, I, like I ended my statement saying, I don't fight anybody. I, I don't fight anybody. I'm over. Just smacking the mouth, I said. Yeah. By the way, don't will not do that to Francis Ngannou. Or if they got, like, Chris Lytle over there running Bleach Report <laughs> yeah. Gridiron or anything like that. I mean, I guess I did maybe pop off a little bit too quickly. I didn't like what they did, AJ. I didn't like what they did. They painted me in a bad light, I thought, there. I get it. When I saw this, I didn't see your interaction with them on on Twitter, Instagram, whatever this was. But, yeah, to say you got out of the way when you can clearly see you are diving for him, like you didn't get out of the way. I got shook, AJ, you know, and I know we weren't teammates or anything like that. But I feel like as a punter or kicker, your job is to get good field position. Okay, if I'm if I am on the field in a tackling situation, unless it's a blocked field goal, which by the way I have a tackle there too. So it's like in le- if the kicking and kickoff and punting, you're trying to get good field position. That's all you're trying to do is pin them back as far as possible. If you have to make a tackle, you have fucked over everybody. Okay, so whenever you see kickers or punters at the past, I don't think many do that nowadays. By the way, I think nowadays it's a little bit different. Even though there are some guys who would definitely make business decisions on a regular basis, but if you don't go for it, you're losing the locker room. I think immediately and that was massive for me like i don't know i just i always thought that was a big deal like hey at least they see that i'm not happy that i fucked them over with bad field position you know what i mean well and the the coverage team has to feel very bad that it got to you that's the thing like i used to tell our punters kickers anyone on kickoff about hey man kick the ball as far as you can just run the hell to the sideline we shouldn't need you (laughs) we don't need you getting hurt especially if he's really good well and that's what i'm saying like there was probably a lot of options for them to tweet or post the get out of the way. There's been a lot of those. I just don't like that I'm particularly being associated with that because I'm too dumb to do that. So please have respect for that. Now, let's move on about respect. Have you seen, hey, Michael Thomas and the Saints is not good. Jay Glazer told us yesterday it's not going to end good from a park in Ohio. This morning he landed in Cleveland and did not have a rental car. They could took his, they could take his reservation. They couldn't hold his reservation. I saw it on Instagram. We hope Jay Glazer has figured it out. Hashtag Jay knew about Michael Thomas and the Saints. Hashtag Jay didn't know about the rental car situation in Cleveland. We found out about that on Instagram. But Michael Thomas and the Saints, this is becoming a personal public thing now, right? This is becoming an entire thing. Can they get over this? like Russ and the Seahawks were able to do, like Aaron and the Packers might be able to do? Or do you think this is potential because it involves medical, it involves the body, it involves a potential wasted year? There's a lot that is into this. you think they get past this? Because I don't think they can lose Michael Thomas right now. Well, I, I'm sure Michael Thomas has a very good idea of how valuable he is to that team. Like when he looks around, like, hey, man, this is – they need me, especially when we're trying to transition from a, a Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew Brees. But – I don't know if they're going to be able to get over it because I don't know how deep it is. Like, I, And I'm sure if you listen to both sides, I bet they sound drastically different on how they each view the situation. So what is the truth? Like, Hopefully it all comes out eventually, but I'm sure they both feel very differently on how everything went down. Well, my favorite part of this one is, is it does feel as if 
you know, now after learning of Michael Thomas's liked tweets, Ooh. which some people say, God can't like the tweet. It's like, no, yeah, you can. But Michael Thomas has to know that everybody's going to see this. Yeah. Yep. That's what Twitter is. These likes mean absolutely nothing other than how somebody's potentially feeling if they're in a moment where we don't know their side of the story. I think that is yeah. when likes become very important. He liked a couple of tweets from people basically explaining his side of this whole thing because you haven't you haven't heard it, which... He also tweeted about the other day about not saying his side is basically saving the reputation of everybody else. But I think if you, you know, kind of dissect and use your Blues Clues uh, uh, magnifying glass on this thing, I think Michael Thomas is alluding to the fact he was forced to play through injuries last year. They didn't want a surgery last year because they thought they could go on a run. He said he came back allegedly for Drew Brees' last run. Was that a decision that was made between he and the medical staff? And then an entire year was basically wasted. He was benched at one point because he got into a fight with somebody. So I think, I think both sides feel very good about why they're pissed off. And anytime you have those types of situations, you run into almost the politics situation where there's a lot of ha, 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 ha. You just got to hope somebody goes in there and says, can we put our swords aside? Okay, we signed a big time deal together. We like each other. We fucked up. Can we just move along? But I don't know if that's going to happen in the world today. I mean, it's going to be difficult. And I guess the Saints can say, yeah, we we mutually agreed that, yeah, you, you may have to have surgery in the offseason but i guess they could come back and say why didn't you have it in march is that what they're worried about like they're mad that it happened in june and not in march yeah well he wasn't answering calls either i think after he looked back on the year and had some conversations and realized he was probably talked into playing through a pretty serious injury he probably got a little bit pissed off lost some trust probably in some people that were maybe telling him some stuff i don't know this is all just assumptions from trying to piece together the story that's what we're going to do on a regular basis probably get it wrong a lot might hit close to home a couple different times that's what it feels like he lost trust probably in some people that were telling him to do some stuff whenever he found out how hurt he was and now it's just one big, massive situation where they cannot lose Michael Thomas. Hammered down, boys, in the studio. Tone Diggs, COVID Cowboy, Bubba Gumpino. Are we still hot or not? One and one last night. There wasn't much on the slate. We uh, got a full slate of ball tonight. Did you put a bet on where Messi was headed to? Because you said PSG immediately upon us asking you that on this show. It is official. Messi has signed with Paris Saint-Germain. Wow. PSG, here we go. Total agreement completed on a two-year contract option to extend until June 24. Uh, salary around $35 million net per season. Add-ons included. Shout-out to Argentina and France coming together. $35 but, million euro, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. net. Mm-hmm. Net. So it's like $45 million American, I believe. They're beating the fuck out of us, Wait, huh? they, they list it in oh, net? Yeah. yeah, that's what it said right there. $35 million net. Wow, okay. So is that post-tax? Yeah. I lo- nice. Why don't we start doing that over here? Should. I agree. Make a lot more sense. Hey, shout out to the soccer world doing that. Post taxes, this is what you're going to make, as opposed to ever over here where you hear these hilarious numbers and then you forget, Uncle Sam's going to get good 50 to 60% yeah, of that. <laughs> Uncle Sam just signed a big contract as well. Congrats to Messi. Congrats to PSG. This is good, right? Yeah. Hey, he showed up to sign his contract this morning, and they had like – the uh, the French Navy SEALs <laughs> yeah. surrounding him and shutting down buildings. There was like 55 motorcycles that shut down a road. A lot of costumes, or, or sorry, uniforms, costumes, a lot of guns. A lot of I mean, it was no guns, I guess, in France camp, but it was crazy. It was crazy over there. Congrats to Messi. Congrats to PSG. Congrats to this man who just got a chance this past weekend to see two more players that he coached 
go into the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Current quarterback coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, formerly of the Indianapolis Colts, living legend, friend of the show, ladies and gentlemen, Clyde Christensen. Yeah! How are you? Great. I am doing great. How was the weekend? It looked like you were having a blast. You looked fantastic. It, it, was, it, was, it was surreal. It was, it was, it was special. I, uh, you know, it, it, it was special. You, uh, All of it. The whole thing was special. Uh, you know, whoever thought you'd, you'd be taking Brady to a uh, Colts party, Ursay's Colts party. I felt like uh, I was taking one of the Crips to one of the Bloods <laughs> parties. And, uh, I, I was just hoping no violence, no, you know, no, no violence. I, we, we tried to keep them away from uh, anyone to do with the flake gate. So, we, we, you know, it, it, it was a little bit stressful. And, uh, a little bit stressful with the Cribs and the Bloods in the same party there. But, uh, but uh, we really did have a special time, really special. Well, that's something that Clyde Christensen could navigate through. If we put him in the streets, he can maybe make that happen as well. That is what you have done your entire coaching career, bring people together, make people realize the best in themselves and everything like that. It's an incredible skill that you have. But let's talk about Tom and Peyton, obviously, because those two, <clears throat> they have a friendship now at this point, so much so that he was invited to the Colts thing. Whenever that entire stadium booed him, he knew that was coming, right? I mean, that's Raiders fans, Steelers fans, Colts fans, fans Broncos fans he has ruined everybody's life there did he know that boo was coming all football other than New England fans hate him yeah you know including us for many years but uh yeah I think he knew it was coming he's a good sport show you know every I say it all the time but just he continues to amaze me you know that he you know for him to just jump on a plane and go up to Peyton's thing and and just, just you know, just to support a to support another quarterback and a friend and another guy, you know, it was really I, th- I thought it was above and beyond the call of duty. And uh, he was just he was he was great at that thing. He he was great. He was patient. He just you know, I thought I thought it showed a lot for him to in the middle of training camp to go up there and do that first time he's ever been to it. So that uh, kind of shows you what kind of guy he is. Claude, I think the last time we had you on was the day, the morning after your Super Bowl victory. And I think Tom had texted you that morning saying something about how he's ready to get back at it or whatever's going on. How Now you're already, bam, you snap your fingers. We're already in camp. You have another season. Does it feel different? Like, are, do you guys feel like you have to, like, the tempo's got to even elevate because you have this success and it's always it's always tough to repeat? Yeah, it does. It, you know, it just feels... It really has been smooth. It doesn't feel much different, but we're, we're a better football team. We're more experienced. Last year it was such a scramble because we didn't have the off season, and you know we were trying to get Tom up to up to snuff. We were trying to get to know him. We were trying to figure out what he likes, you know. And and that took all year. That took all year. And and uh, so this year we got a little bit of an off season. We kind of know what we have. Uh, the roster kind of stayed intact. So it's it's been a lot smoother. We're way way ahead of where we were last year at this point. There's you know just just, just comfortability, just comfortability. But uh, you know, this guy. Someone asked the other, you know, no complacency. You know, there's no chance of complacency. It was the same with Peyton. This guy, this guy's not going to allow that to happen. That's not even an issue. You know, this guy just works and demands and of himself and of the team and of the whole building. And uh, you know, so it's really been it's really been fun. We we really we got we've stayed healthy. I think he. He got that, you know, knee cleaned up. He he feels better. You know, I think he feels better physically. So that's a, you know, I, I think the whole camp's been a lot, lot better. The COVID things, you know, slowed down a little bit where at least we, you know, now it's scrambling. You don't know where you're going to meet. Last year we didn't know where we were going to meet half the time, you know. 
it was indoors, it was outdoors, it was here, you couldn't meet, you had to do it Zoom, and, and this year's been smoother that way, so I think we've gotten a lot more done. Why is B.A. saying that every time you guys go and get drunk and have a day off, the team stinks? What happened? You guys go to Hall of Fame? Tom Brady's taking pictures with Tony Dungy, Peyton Manning. You're up there. B.A.'s up there. Goody's up there. You guys come back. He said, every time we have a day off, these fucking guys stink. What what is that all about? You guys getting complacent down there, Coach? Hall of Fame. I think he may may be a little grumpy. I I saw it first. We're on the plane going up there. Here's when you know when you're traveling with Tom Brady. He was eating cold to flour pretzels and i had organic popcorn on the way home so i i, I think it might have been the, it might have been the cauliflower pretzels that got got, got him got him got him mad a little steamed up a little bit but uh ah oh, he's it, it's good it's that time of year and you you know you just want to push and you know it, it doesn't always look great and you you're repping a lot of people you're trying a lot of combinations it doesn't it doesn't always look good but um you know we're gonna get there i think we're gonna get there we, we you know we practice. This is a. This is kind of a unique group. They just practice. They play. You don't have a whole bunch of drama, and and, uh, and uh, you just improve every time we go on the field. I feel like we improve. That was what the story was last year. We just kept going out there practicing, and and we just kept getting better and better and better. So that that was. I think I think this group's this this group's really good that way. Were you and Tom in a honeymoon phase, and and it seems like you're maybe still in it because the way you talk about him. I know that Peyton, you know, used to potentially send you text messages three four a.m. Make sure you're hey, uh, we are up. Are we still watching all the film that we can potentially watch? I need answers. I need answers. Yeah. This type of thing. Is Tom- yeah, not not correction. Not not used to. Still does. Yeah, I need you to do this. <laughs> Have you checked on this? Have you checked on that? Is this guy coming this weekend? You know, who, who do we want this guy sitting by? Yeah, no, that, 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 he never stops. He never, never, ever stops. What are those two like, though? I, I think this is a difficult thing for you to do, but you're one of the only humans that has a close enough relationship, both professionally and personally, with Peyton and Tom. And those two forever, there'll be documentaries about them a hundred years from now for what they did for the NFL for so, so long and what they'll continue to do. And Peyton's speech was fucking unbelievable with being a steward of the game but when you look at those two guys did you see them ever becoming friends does it make sense why they get along why they have gotten to this point or what are your thoughts on Peyton and Tom really yeah I think so I I think that the respect between each each between them is unbelievable I do think that I I think this I remember there was a time when they got together down in Chattanooga that there were very few people who understood what each of them went through. They understand what each of them went through with the demands on their time, with the demands of playing well, the pressures of, of you know, doing it year after year after year at such a high level. I think there's an unbelievable respect that, you know, there's not many people, we can't understand what it's like to be Peyton Manning, you know. Tom Brady can. He has he has a, a similar situation. And uh, and I do think that that, that that kind of bonded them together and uh, they just they get to the same point they have some of the same genes they they love their jobs they love football they have an unbelievable respect for the game for the game of football and uh and uh that that I love about them they both love their jobs like it's 365 days a year i don't know that they enjoy anything as much as they enjoy football now one of them you know Peyton loved to have things right right from the beginning T- tom's probably a little bit easier going and Hey, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Peyton wanted everything right by Monday morning at nine o'clock. You know, for the whole week of game week. You know, Tom's. Hey, we'll be fine. You know, on Friday. You know, we still got three more days of practice. Today didn't look real sharp, but we're gonna get that. We'll get everyone right into the same spot. So they both lead different ways. 
you know, Peyton, Peyton, they're both elite leaders. Peyton led kind of by a respect and a demand and a, you know, that you just knew how hard he was working. Tom kind of leads by an easygoing kindness, but just driving people, but kind of drives them with a kindness to them. And, uh, and, uh, you know, and, uh, where you did, but both of them, you just, you don't want to let them down because they just play and they, they prepare at such a high level that I, I think that the biggest characteristic leadership wise is you, no one wants to let them down. You're afraid to, you don't want to run a wrong route. You don't want to let your guard guy hit the quarterback. And, uh, and, uh, so a lot of, a lot of similar genes and probably get to the same thing different ways, but gosh, when you get them to the track to run, when you get them to the ballpark, man, they like to play football. Hey, those they, they love to play football, and uh, it's it's fun to watch. It's fun to be a tiny, tiny part of. Clyde, have you ever seen either of those, Peyton or Tom, like have to tell people to relax? Because I can imagine if there's a new receiver or something, and he run, he just you wouldn't be loose early on. You'd be worried about letting these guys down. Have you ever seen them have to go? McCain, it's all right. Just do what you do. You're here for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, they they tend to like them on edge. I, I think they kind of want them half scared of them. You know, like I, I, really, I, I do I do believe this that like you know like with Peyton, you know, such a great weekend this weekend. But Pey- Peyton, like he kind of liked that you were scared to come out to walk through. You you'd see everyone at their locker just studying that script because you didn't you want to screw up in the walk through. You know, like there was no ah, it's just a walk through or it's just the preseason game. You know, like. You never felt that way with Peyton. I felt that way whenever you went into a meeting with him. If I was going in there to do a third down thing, you are, you know, you're taking one last look at all the pictures because you're going, you know, because all of a sudden, what could he ask? He's just, yeah, you know, that if you walk in there unprepared, he's he's going to eat your lunch and he's 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 going to be disappointed and angry, and uh, and you just kind of don't want to let him down because you know he's done his part, and uh, so so once in a while they'll say, hey, just relax and play, but. But uh, a lot of times, I think that part of it is that edge that that, that they kind of like having that they, you know, you're playing with you're playing with Peyton Manning. You you you, you learn this stuff fast. I remember Pierre Garcon, you know, oh. who, who came from a, a small school and then all, but but just would just would just fret over. Hey, I have I cannot bust a route. I cannot bust a play. And uh, and uh, you know, and I think that makes the whole team better. I, I really do think it lifts the whole play. If you're the cook, right? You don't want crappy piece of chicken you know like because Peyton's coming through the hey, like the, the whole building gets better the whole the whole building gets better and, and the Pat <sighs> witnessed it and it's the same with it's the same with Tom that just just how you do treatment how you how long you stay out with a high ankle sprain how long you you know that everything it, it's a, it's unbelievable how everything just the level rises and the, you know, you don't want to mispractice. You don't want to. You don't want to let these guys down. That that's what they demand. That's what they kind of command out of the out of the whole building. Now, Clyde, uh, incredible answer, by the way. You're one of the only people that can give that type of answer. But what you said there about how the chefs want to make a a better piece of chicken and everything like that that was literally my entire take when Tom Brady became a free agent. I was like, listen. There is, what, 28 teams that want to get Tom Brady in their building. Because if Tom Brady gets in there, there is extra reps happening all of a sudden. There is no missed film. There is no mistreatment. There is You don't want to be the reason. Like, I don't want to be the reason why we don't go, we got the guy. 
the culture can be flipped immediately with one person, especially at that position. And I guess that is exactly what happened in Tampa. There were some teams that didn't want him, Clyde. There was people that didn't want Tom Brady. That whole clip of the shop, I don't know if you know the answer or not. If you do, you can give us. He won't be mad. But when he said you're sticking with that motherfucker, that's like real. I was so confused on why not 28 teams wanted to bring him in. It's like you, you get a chance to get greatness in. It's going to make everybody better. I saw it with Peyton. I was very lucky to do so. Even Andrew Luck as well. It's just like how did people yeah. not want him, Clyde? How's that yeah, even happen? No, that's amazing. Everyone, everyone. So I won't mention the names, but every once in a while I'll tease about a club, you know, and just go, "Oh yeah, you know, they wanted him over you," you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, like he—he's funny that way. I, he's never gotten over that draft, that first draft. I think that's just the way he fuels himself, and he—he he keeps it underneath. But don't think that isn't boiling inside. He knows exactly who did and didn't believe in him, and uh, took someone instead of him, and. Uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, it's interesting. You know, like last, last year even, I, I was teasing that the 49ers took Josh Rosen. I go, yeah, they could have had you, and they took Josh Rosen, you know. I mean, that's a, <laughs> there you go. I mean, that, that, it's a fact, right? So, so. Hey, why don't we, hey, maybe a couple more drills, huh? Maybe, yeah. maybe a little less avocado ice cream, huh, Tom? Maybe a little bit more, and you'll get picked over the Rosen one. Clyde. You, I, you, I wish you could have seen B.A. Re- eating his cauliflower pretzel. That, that, that what is cauliflower? Whole weekend. What is cauliflower? Cauliflower? Cauliflower pretzel. That, <laughs> what are you saying, Clyde? <laughs> it's cauliflower, right? It's not called Cal- the flower. You're not calling Cal- a flower. Cal- yeah, call a flower. Okay. You, you don't You don't look like I look eating a lot, a lot of that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't pronounce it and I don't eat it. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> the thought of B.A., Getting fed the TB12 food while he's hungover. While he's incredibly (laughs) hungover. Hall of Fame hangover getting cauliflower chips going right into a press. These boys fucking stink. <laughs> that is so funny. That is. It so- was. It was. Uh, it was. It was unbelievable. The Peyton's party and just the people and the quality of the people. I wish you'd been there. We needed you there, but it, it was. Ba was in rare form, and uh, you know, every, everyone Ursay threw a heck of a party, and boy, did we, Mister Ursay, threw a heck of a party, and it, it was. It was special, man. Those were. That was a special run we had there, led by. An incredible quarterback and leader, and who brought that thing together. It, it, it was it was something else. I saw Tareen was there and everything. It looked like an absolute blast. Uh, a couple of the boys got some questions for you, Clyde. Uh, we appreciate you in the middle of training camp taking some time, especially after the Hall of Fame weekend. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Clyde. Uh, after the season, it came out that Tom was dealing with a pretty bad knee injury. How long was that going on for, and did that affect his day to day pretty seriously? Yeah, I think it did. He, uh, you know. I, I didn't know what it was. I think he just had it for a while. I still don't know exactly what it was. I just knew he wasn't 100%. He knew he wasn't 100%. And I think it was just, you know, how you just don't feel good. He didn't feel great. He never felt great all year and just had to tape the thing. And, you know, it wasn't on, you know, it wasn't debilitating. He didn't miss practices or anything like that. But I think just feel, you know, how you just want to feel 100%. And uh, and I, I think he's close to that this year. I think, I think we're probably another week or so away from him just being 100%. But, I, I think it did hurt his mobility a little bit, and uh, you know, we're not we're not putting any putting in any read option or anything like that. But he just is moving around. He, you can just tell he feels better. So that that's uh, you know, I, I think that's good news for the Bucks. I think I saw him shagging balls on one of his G days he had where he was off. He was literally shagging balls for Kyle Trask, and I wonder if Kyle Trask at any moment while throwing either a good pass or a bad pass thought to himself. 
is Tom Brady shagging balls for me right now? What an what an incredible yeah. because it, it, it feels like about what was it? The bye week was a late bye week last year, and it felt like that was really when Tom and maybe everybody got to meet and kind of look at the the season that was, and then kind of change and maybe figure out what was best for you guys going forward. That place has become the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, huh? He has his hands in, in every. It seems like he is. It has been a very quick turnaround. Yeah, he 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 just serves. I mean, he he really, you know. For me, I've only known him a year. I never never had met him all those times we played him, and I, you know. But every day he does something like this weekend was something that was it was amazing to me. And you know, you you mentioned it the other day when you and I were talking on the phone that all, you know that he he I was working with Trask. We do some extra work with him, and there's Brady out there snapping gun snaps for him, shagging balls, moving the bags around for me, just helping and. Uh, you know, I, I think that that is who he is. That that is who he is. And uh, and uh, you know, I'll give you the the other story that was amazing to me is we so we fly back. You know, we go up there and go. We went hard. We went hard. It was a great weekend up there. We went as, you know, just 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 he. You know, everyone. You know, just met everybody. It was you know. It was a, we, we were teasing. It's like taking, like you going going to a fa- someone's family reunion. That's not your family. You don't know anybody. And <laughs> me and BA know everybody. You know, Coach Moore. Me, Co- he went with Coach Moore, Tom Moore, me, BA to a Colts thing. You know, where like you're at someone else's family reunion, if you will. And uh, and you hate that and, family, by the way. <laughs> and just and just went as hard as we could go and uh, had a blast and just 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 it was a great time. But then you came home. We got home probably. Two two fifteen to bed, and uh, you know was ready to give him the day off the next day, and just say you know say hey just let's ease back into this thing, and and uh, we're on our feet for all of it. That he was on his feet for all that time, and shoot that sucker was out there, you know, at eight o'clock at eleven fifteen. We're at the party at eight o'clock the next morning. He's going through bags and doing drill work and all the stuff that we probably we would have let him out of if he wanted to, and he just but that he loves it. He loves it, and uh, and. Uh, Actually, had 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 one of his best practices thrown. I was teasing him that you know maybe a little blue colt dust, fell, little Peyton dust fell on him, and uh, he goes, no, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. <laughs> so he's 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 busy purging himself right now. He said I had a little. He got about enough colts, I think, for uh, for for his lifetime. He was funny, but uh, uh, but the guy just the guy comes home, gets off the plane, goes home, gets no sleep, comes in thousand degrees down here and he's out there at eight o'clock and going back through the bags and the ropes and throwing balls and doing drill work and just practicing like he does like business as usual which is amazing to me well he has to right that's probably one of those things Mm -hmm. where everybody's going to see me at this thing if i'm not in practice the next morning how could i ever and it's like i think i've heard this story from a couple patriots up there like vrabel allegedly is a guy who could go till whenever however and then the next morning if something's going on he's going to win every race as well in there it's like there's there's only a couple humans that continue to be like that i I think that's an old school mentality it's very nice to know that avocado ice cream tom brady can go until 2 15 a.m and still wake up at 8 a.m the next day let's go tom's got another 10 years he may have 10 years i I don't know if i do but he does (laughs) go ahead diggs 
Uh, Clyde, I have a question. So you mentioned you brought him up, your young second-round pick, Kyle Trask. Uh, some people, not me obviously, but some degenerates will bet on the preseason. How do we think Kyle Trask is going to look in the preseason? Are we, are we going to get? Are we going to give? I mean, he's not allowed. Are we going to give Tom and Blaine some rest? Uh, he, he's not. Yeah, I, I would. I would say you're going to see a lot of Trask in the preseason, and uh, I w- I'm not recommending any bets at this point. He is improving <laughs> like crazy, but those things are, those things are, uh, they can be torture there that second half of those preseason games and. That, uh, I, w- I wish I could skip some of those second halves of those preseason. <laughs> they're not pretty. They're not pretty. You have people that are never going to play in the NFL playing in that particular uh, half Woo. of football, and they don't really get a lot of reps in practice either. That's why they're playing in the third yeah, and fourth and quarters. They have no idea what they're doing out there. Zero preparation for it. Zero, almost zero, almost zero game plan. They really—it's not their fault. They don't, we don't, you know, it's it's just the way it is, and. Uh, and uh, you get them a little bit ready, but you just they don't have much of a chance. But it'll be great experience for Kyle. We're getting them as many reps. We're carrying four quarterbacks right now, so it's hard to you know it's a little bit hard. But that's why we're using some of the pre-practice and post-practice, just trying to get them as much work as we can. And glad that you know it's kind of ideal that we don't we're probably not hopefully not going to need them this year to you know to to step up and go. So we, the development process can be steady and slow and. And uh, we'll get him there, and he's 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 improving. He's a, I mean, I'm I'm excited about the kid. We're talking to Clyde Christensen, Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback coach. BA announced that Tom will play in the first preseason game. He'll get a drive or two. Is that Tom deciding that? You guys deciding that? What goes into that decision? Because there's other stars that are not playing at all. I think in the preseason, especially with the 17 game season now. How did that decision come to be? I would say that that probably B.A. and Tom sat down and B.A. probably said, what do you think about the first game? And he probably said, I'd love to get a few reps. And I don't know exactly how it happened, but usually they're going to – B.A. is going to talk and, you know, he's going to have a strong feeling on it, but he's going to run it through the players. And uh, and usually that will be kind of, you know, mutually decided upon. And uh, and uh, with th- with only three games, it, you know, it's hard to sit them. You know, it, it's, it's a different year this year for – a thousand since every year since I got in this league, you had four, and you kind of everyone kind of followed the same script, and it was heavy in the third one, and you took them into the second half. One now, do you want to do that in the third? Is it going to be in the second game? You know, do you spread them out over the three games? So I think it'll be interesting to see how everyone uses these. The Rams I saw were probably none, you know, for their quarterback. So so people are kind of rethinking this thing with the you know with the with only three games and the seventeen games to follow. So I think I think it'll be interesting to see what everyone does and I think some will be experimentation just because we haven't done that last year was zero preseason games so this this is this this will be new what's the plan for guys like that if say Tom or say Peyton was playing in a preseason game are you just saying hey let's get the ball out of his hands as quick as we can and let's just work out let's get a few game time handoffs and then get him out of the off the field as fast as you can get him out of there (laughs) that's exactly right max protection you know just throw that thing away. Don't let anyone touch you. Yeah, and uh, let's just get a feel for it. And especially, you know, this is what is this twenty-first year for Tom? You know, but but I, 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 you know, the good thing, you know, you do. Hopefully, I think we're going to practice with Tennessee with the Titans, so you can get it kind of in a little more controlled. And that's the ideal thing is to get in a little bit more controlled situation. And uh, you know, and uh, that that that's more ideal than the preseason games where you really. You don't know what you're going to get or what you're going to see, and you, you know you sure don't want to, you know, get them hit. Go ahead, Ty. 
Clyde, does it ever get uh, like frustrating or aggravating when you're coaching a guy like Tom or Peyton and you know, like, okay, there's probably a, a good chance that I'm not going to be able to show this guy something he hasn't seen? Like, does, that, does it make you have to kind of change your coaching philosophy at all, or how does that work? Yeah, you know, um, it's, it's kind of the opposite. It's kind of the opposite, that, and it's, it's a thing that I've had a lot of fun with. Like, okay, so you know, you know darn well that this, you know, when you set your goals for this training camp, it's not to – improve 20 percent or do this or that but but it is a challenge for a coach to hey how do i get tom brady better what what do we what are we going to attack and get one percent better at and uh and that and that's kind of the challenge and kind of the fun thing with working with these high performance guys that uh you know that you know that they want to get better they're looking at you okay how are you going to get me better and then that's that's the challenge figuring out hey how are we going to get them better and showing them how that's going to work and uh and so it actually it actually is really a great challenge it's really fun because they they can do it they you know you already got a foundation so you're just looking for a you know a one or a two percent improvement over last year you're looking for certain areas here's some areas we can get better at hey it's deep balls to our left whatever that is you know so i i i think that's kind of one of the fun things about working with the with the really elite guys that you know you can you know trask you know, we can get him. We can get him twenty-five percent better this year. You know, like that—that's easier. You know, learning the system, all those things. But but the Paytons and the and the Toms. You know, hey, you're just looking for you're just looking for some little areas that we can just keep getting them better, and then just making sure that we give them all the looks and put them in a position that they're ready to go when when they get there. You can still sling it or no? Me or Tom? You? Me? I. Yeah, short. They 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 say that uh they say my patent go. I used to be in the middle. Now I'm over on the near hash. So I'm, I'm oh. trying to shorten uh, shorten it down a little bit. But I, I accuracy wise, I, I still like to throw in my. We had a we had a little contest the other day, and it was for a couple dollars and uh, M and M's. Yeah, and it was and and Trask was the only one who hit. So Brady said, "Okay, if Clyde hits the goalpost and it's one tie, I'll tie." And and I hit the goalpost and and probably you know cost Trask. A couple of his first mortgage M&Ms. payments, so you know, I kind of felt bad about that. But uh, yeah, every once in a while, that one comes out right. He used to be able to spin it. It was he always had this like three quarter release almost. It was a three quarter release. Ooh. That thing's like throwing a dart too. And, and he used to wear this long sleeve coat. Uh, shirt blue. So mm-hmm. they have this photo of him in full. I mean, just eyeing it down. Just all. I mean, just. <laughs> it sure. It, it, it was. I'll tell you what was really fun is taking Tom and me, Reggie and. Reggie and Marv and Stoke and all those guys, you know, it was really fun. Just the, the stories got going and those guys laugh, but those, those were fun times throwing those, you know, just the drill work to, to Marv and Reg and Stoke and Troy Walters and, and all those guys. And, uh, and of course those, those, those all came up, those all came up this weekend, which was, which was a blast. Yeah. Everybody loves Barry Clyde if they get a chance to, because Clyde <laughs> is just the most lovable human of all time. You know, Clyde, you really are. You, you're always optimistic, even though hey, my wife doesn't think that you'll say exactly whatever, <laughs> but you are, you are like a guy that is just radiates energy. You're incredible to be around. I assume everybody mentioned that this weekend. I'd like to reiterate that fact. You're a great coach. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you for joining us and have a hell of a training camp. Not true, but I, I sure do love my job, and I appreciate you saying that. And uh, you got that, that's what the weekend makes you grateful. Grateful for just great relationships and some great ball games and uh, a great sport. And uh, you were part of that, and I really appreciate that. Ah, ladies and gentlemen, Clyde Christensen. Hey,
I believe joining us here in a couple moments, if not right now, is a man who is forever immortalized in the NFL Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, for how damn good he is at covering the incredible NFL product. You've heard his voice over the biggest moments in sports history. He's the winner of the Pete Rozelle Award, inducted into the Hall of Fame, broadcasting legend, has been doing this thing since he was 24 years old. I'm sorry to say that he's probably called great moments for your favorite team and also your, your team's least favorite moments. Sometimes he gets associated with that when I don't think it's fair. He and Troy are the best booth in the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Buck. Hey, you look Can good. You yeah, you look good, too. Like, really good. Good lighting, good audio. I mean, this is a good day, Joe Buck. Look at you. Huh? Not a lot of people can pull that tank top off. And, and please don't pull that tank top off. You look fantastic. Hey, I appreciate that. This is a Massimo. He's currently in jail because he took photos of his kids playing water polo, and then they got into school for it. You know no, I mean? I'm friends with Massimo, and not ashamed to admit it. You got G4 on you right there, or is it just Massimo? It's old school Massimo. This is old school Massimo out of Target. Are you really friends with that guy? Because he he changed my life. He changed my life completely. I would go on trips. I'd go to Target, buy everything he had, and then I'd go home and do the same, and now he's gone forever. What the hell happened? Groundbreaking information about to come your way. My daughter and his daughter were roommates their freshman year at USC when all that stuff went down. Nobody has ever asked me about that. <laughs> <laughs> Quick question, Joe. What were the photos like for your uh, daughter? My kid? Yeah. My daughter? Yeah, she's uh, she's currently listed as third on the depth chart at middle linebacker. <laughs> uh, she's she's going she's gonna to earn her way to the second team. There's no doubt in my mind. All right. Well, congrats. Congrats on that. I mean... People say whenever she puts a helmet on, she yeah. becomes a completely oh, yeah. different person out there. Different kid. <laughs> Please tell Mossmo to get back into the tank top game, though. I miss him. Hope everything ends up all right, and this is one just hurdle of adversity. It's behind him. He's paid his debt to society and will continue to pay his debt to society financially. But he went in for, I don't know, five, six months, something like that, maybe more. And, uh, yeah, he paid his price. All right. Hey, Joe, of course you're connected to the greatest tank top maker in history in Mossimo. You've been around and at this for so long at such a high level in front of the entire world. I think watching back through uh, the announcement of you winning the Pete Rozelle Award and from tw the age of 24, the youngest broadcaster to ever be given a full NFL slate, you've been there, done that with everything at this point. When you look back on your career, is there anything that, you know, is, sticks out as like very very cool or is the hall of fame obviously at the top of that thing yeah i mean i i don't i'm not downplaying it uh the hall of fame but it's an award it's an award coming from the hall of fame i and not to name drop but when we did that game and david baker came on and said you're going to be the recipient of the Pete roselle award I, I got a text from marcus allen like hey congrats brother i'm so glad you're in the hall of fame I'm like no you're in the hall of fame I'm in the hallway to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> we're all good. And I, and I couldn't be more honored. I think the coolest part of it is that my dad got that award back in 96. My mom is still here and, uh, you know, was touched and, and emotional about, you know, me getting the award that her late husband, my dad, my best friend got in 96. So that part of it is so cool. Uh, but now having 25 and 22-year-old daughters, to think that I was doing this stuff back then when I was that age, 
Uh, back then it felt normal. Now as a 52 year old, I'm like, how in the hell did I get through that and kind of fake my way through it until I figured it out? But I did. And I'm still sitting here. Joe, you've been doing this forever. You're obviously, you're still young. It just, you started so early. I feel like we've been watching you forever. Are you like Tom Brady? Do you feel like you can just do this forever and continue to go? You know, what's funny, AJ is I, I still look because when I started, I was in the minor leagues at 19 and 20, and I was doing big league baseball at 21, you know, my early 20s. I, I still have the same mentality that the athletes that I'm covering are older than I am. And I'm 52, and I'm not older than a lot of coaches in the NFL, but I look at your buddy Aaron Rodgers, and I think, you know, that guy's my contemporary or older than me. Or I, I look at Brady, and he damn near is older than me, and he's still doing it. So I. I do feel like uh, I could do this for a long time as long as I uh, stay healthy, and that's a big knock on wood. But um, I don't know. My clock started early, so I, I think my clock will end earlier than most in this profession. I doubt it because you'll disappear, and they'll put some other schmuck in there who's terrible, and they'll be like, Joe, please come back, and they'll give you a shit ton of money. I mean, that's just that's just how it's going to be. Yeah. We are just – that's just how it's going to go. I mean, we've all seen it before, but I want to talk about you and Troy because you and Troy have been together for 20-some years. Is that right? Am I, did I get – 20 years. You two, in my eyes – now, obviously, there's people that are – closer with other booths for whatever reason. You two are the best booth in the NFL, though. And I think over the last year or two has maybe been your guys' best work. And in the Hall of Fame game, I think you guys crushed it. And Troy has been a massive part of that, obviously, with how talented he is, how relatable he is. But I think in the last couple of years, have you guys turned off the, like, it feels like there's a lot more, uh, fuck it, while calling that, whether it's a ref making a mistake, it's like, hey, we can point this out now. The viewers are seeing this. We have at least enough clout now we can do that. Is that something you feel and have noticed, or am I just misreading an entire situation there? No, I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. You know, I went through a vocal cord thing back in 2011, and when I came back, uh, I did say fuck it. And, and I think, you know, to a certain extent with Troy and me, um, 20 years is a long time, and I can honestly look into this camera on my desktop and say he and I have never had one argument in 20 years. Um, we have a lot of respect for each other. I, I think he was more excited about me getting the Pete Rozelle Award than I was, and that's saying a lot, and, and that's just the way we are. And so when you do this job and you do it with as many people firing at you as, as we get every week, um, you better know that the guy standing next to you has got your back. And he knows that I've got his and vice versa. And, and so when you launch into that, you know, it, 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 there's no hiding it. You either really like each other or I think people can see the fractures in there. And, and we really like each other. We're good buddies. We hang out. We talk during the offseason. We want to be around each other. And that's not always the case. So, yeah, we've had more fun. And, uh I tell him all the time, I don't know anybody in any booth that has more clout having won three Super Bowls, being in the Hall of Fame, accomplishing what he's accomplished. And he has the he's earned the right to say, hey, you don't like what I say. You don't like my opinion. Too bad. I, I've worked hard to develop this uh, this opinion and take it or leave it. Hey, Joe, when you're in these production meetings before like the day or so before the game, say you're going to you're going to work a game you you sit down you meet with a head coach and maybe some other coaches and, and then a handful of players do you have any that are some of your favorite that you've covered over the years doesn't even have to be current players or coaches and worst yeah. 
Hey, the worst for sure, too. You know who was, who was terrible, and I know that this is not going to surprise anybody, but back in the day when we first started, and we, we haven't done a ton of Patriots games, but Bill Belichick didn't tell us anything. I mean, he, he was as tight-lipped as anybody. He, he's exactly like you see him in the press conferences. And you know what? Whether it's a head coach or it's a player, that's their prerogative. If, if they want to reveal stuff, great. Some people like to play us to try to get a message across or they try to get favors with us. And, and I kind of admire the guys that just are like, nah, I'm not going to tell them anything that, that I don't want out there. Uh, but that relationship evolved over time. And we've done Super Bowls now where Bill's unbelievable. Like, he, he, he's so good with Troy and will uh, be so open about what they're doing that it's gone 180 degrees the other way. It's the guys that you think would be terrible that were great, like Tom Coughlin, who was kind of known, you know, Camp Coughlin and be early and all that stuff. He was phenomenal because I think he looked at, at Troy and was like, if I can't trust this guy, I can't trust anybody. And, and I think once you've done it long enough and you've developed that trust, I mean, both quarterbacks that I've sat with in uh, AJ's old building at Lambeau, Favre, you had to kick out of the meeting because he wouldn't stop talking. And Aaron's that way, too. If he has something he wants to get off his chest, it's kind of like therapy for some of these guys. So I, I would say the list of who's no good is, is I can't even think of who's no good. It's, it's gotten that, that it's, it's become fun. I think for us to get to know these guys. Joe, this is fascinating because every broadcaster wants to get to the NFL and then get to the level that you are at. And every younger broadcaster commentator that you talk to, you know, they have to go through these small colleges with these schools that have 110 people on it. And it's very difficult. These games, you'd have no idea who anybody is. They're not playing for anything, but you got to broadcast it. Once you guys get to the NFL and you get to the NFL with Troy for 20 plus years or whatever, Every single week, you guys kind of know what's going on, but is it just you have to deliver every single week because all the eyes are on you, or what is your mindset each week? Like, Because you pretty much know every player and every story, right? We all do. The NFL is kind of everywhere. What is your big thought going into games? Yeah, no, it, you're right, and, and I tell that all the time to, to young broadcasters like doing single-A baseball or doing small college football or, heck, high school football. It's harder to do that than it is – to do, uh, you know, whatever, a Packers-Bears game because people know who they are. You don't you know who 12 is and who 80 is and who the left tackle is. And I mean, it's that, that part of it's kind of a given. So you know all that. You, you know the names, numbers. You know the stories, basically. But, yeah, it's, it's being on point, being uh, – current with the action being on top of it and then i think troy seeing things that the average person doesn't see uh, or how is he looking at a game as a quarterback what's he keying on a certain play and and where where does he think the ball's going i mean romo's been fantastic with that and he's kind of made this cottage industry of i'm going to be the predictor of everything that's coming along i i think you can look at it a lot of different ways you can attack it a lot of different ways and what I like about Troy is he's been there, he's done it, and when he says it, it carries a lot of weight. And, and so he picks his spots, but I, I think he's been more critical, maybe to go back to what you said earlier, Pat, I think he's been more critical when necessary over the last handful of years 
than he was certainly 10, 15 years ago when we were first starting out in this business. I love it, by the way. I love Troy. I just think he's such a cool dude whenever he's calling it. I think your guys' booth just radiates like just a cool group of dudes to watch a football game with. I think like that is that is what a commentator is doing. You're trying to incite, entertain, and inform, but also you're setting the environment for watching the game. And what the way you guys do it is great. Do you ever get into the booth? You know, like I'm doing Friday Night Smackdown, obviously, on Fox. No, and, and you're fantastic at it. Congratulations. Thank you. It's great to be a small part of the Fox family. Okay, it does feel good to be a small, small part. Lucky to have you. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't say that for you to say that, by the way, but it is <laughs> it is great to be a small part of it. But there'll be a couple of times going into the show where I've done this show during the day. I traveled in there and I'm just like, all right, I need some juice or something. Kind of a quick reminder. Do you ever go in? Do you do coffee, energy drinks? Do you do any other things before you get into the right frame of mind to call a game? Or is at this point just so routine? I know it's never routine. Um, and I live on coffee. I, I remember one time I was in a break during a game at Giant Stadium, and I said on the microphone, but we were off the air, how many cups of coffee can you have before it becomes dangerous to your health? And I got a text from a guy back at Fox News who was watching, like, hey, I don't know if you know this, but we can hear you back here, and the answer is, like, eight. <laughs> I'd gotten past eight uh, a long time before that. I, I got into a lot of trouble uh, about a year or so ago during the pandemic when I and I said this on Howard Stern uh, when I was on Howard Stern show oh, that yeah. I used to like I would say 2015 and really 2014 and 15 I would send the runner out to get the biggest beer in the stadium and I would have the beer sitting there as like a visual cue to just chill so yes I drink a lot of coffee but no it's never just routine no, I'm never just mailing it in. I care a lot more than anybody has any idea. And sometimes when it gets a little intense or I'm, I'm a little tight, I'll, I'll look at that beer, I'll take a baby sip of it and go, we're just doing a game. It doesn't, it, have fun, relax. And, and I, I would suggest that to anybody, like have whatever it, you need to have around you yeah. to kind of pop that, that bubble of intensity and, and yeah. let yourself relax and, and it's something that I did then. I haven't done it in a while, but I'm not saying I won't go back to it because when I, when I feel run down and I feel like, oh my God, I gotta, this is a big game. That's when you got to just remind yourself you're just doing a sporting event and you better treat it appropriately. And what about for Jeopardy? I believe the episodes that you hosted are this week. Did you bring a beer bong in there or something? <laughs> yeah. They have them just laying around on the set. Um, no, I mean, yeah, that that was that was intense. That that was different than anything I've ever done. And you know, to walk out on that stage and make it feel like it's your show, even though it's not, it's the furthest thing from it. Uh, took a lot of acting, and and I I got out there, and the nerves were bouncing around. But I saw episode one yesterday on Monday. I, I did it like four months ago, so I, I didn't remember, you know, the, the specifics of, of the show. And so watching it after that much time had elapsed, I was able to kind of sit back and enjoy it and go, okay, it looks normal. It doesn't look like I'm out of my depth. And that's really, I tried to have some fun with it, um, which I do during the course of the week. I tried to throw in a couple of lines here and there. Uh, and and that's, the, that's how I wanted to do it. I was like, I'm only going to do this for a week. 
So if that's the case, then go do it how you want to do it. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy with the way it came out. But trust me, guys, I was I was nervous going in. Well, you're great at maybe you're a thespian. You don't even know it because I, yeah. I watched last night. I'm I'm big Je- I'm a big Jeopardy guy. I oh, watched yeah. last night. I thought you crushed it. I thought you did really well. Yeah, I I just wanted it to look like uh, like I'd been there before, and I hadn't. And you know, I I am a Jeopardy fan. I'm somebody that watches the show if I come across it. But I don't like being reminded how dumb I am. I don't like when they get past like the two hundred dollar. Clue and and I'm completely lost. So I'll watch for a while and I'll flip it on to something else. And and then when you're going to host it, then you've got to start watching it differently. You've got to watch how do they go to break? You know, what are the segments about? How do you get into the segment? How do you come out of it? What's Final Jeopardy? What are the mechanics of that? We all know what happens in Final Jeopardy, but but getting it in chronological order and doing it in a way that the the hardcore Jeopardy fans want it done. Uh, it took a, took some effort, and and that that was the biggest challenge of all of it. So uh, I'm I'm just glad the way it turned out, and, and I feel like I, I represented myself well. Well, not only yourself, you represented the sports stooges well. You and Aaron both. I appreciate it because that's the nerd Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like that's the nerd Super Bowl. Sports people are dumb. We get thrown in there. You, Aaron. Crush it. We appreciate it, Joe. Want to let you know that. We really appreciate I'm it. Carrying the banner for all of us, you know, mildly not that smart guys. Uh, Bingo. I, I was a solid B minus student. Uh, a, a lot of that I like to tell myself uh, was because I didn't try so hard. And I, I just, I put everything in perspective back when I was 15, 16, 17 years old. Truth of the matter is, I'm just not that smart. Yeah. And to be Me able either. to host that show and make it. But I've got all the answers. I've got everything in front of me. So my mind works in a certain way where I can pull that off. But if I was on the other side of the stage, it, it would have been ugly. Yeah, me too. I'm a Wheel of Fortune guy myself if I was to be a participant. But I'll watch our super nerds battle for who's smarter <laughs> on Jeopardy every single night. Go ahead, Ty. Joe, because you have done you know the biggest game in every sport and you just said you know that you still take it very serious, do you still get excited for stuff? Like, for example, I think you're doing the Field of Dreams game on Thursday. Like, will you get excited for that or is that just like a, a business as usual another day at the office? I, I cannot tell you how excited I am, and, and I'm getting more so every day um, because it, I, I just got the pictures today of what it looks like. And if you can't get excited for a real game of the Yankees who are needing every win they can get right now against a really good White Sox team playing in the middle of a cornfield, uh, and, and, it, and it matters – uh, then something's wrong. I, I think this is one of the coolest things. I, in some regard, I think it's kind of been undersold to this point. And when it comes up on people's TVs on Thursday, they're thinking, what the hell? Because I've, I've got friends of mine that are big sports fans. They're like, hey, what are you doing this week? Oh, I'm going to Iowa for that Field of Dreams game. What's oh, that? And it. then I explain it to them, and they're like, wait, what? And, and I, I just think the momentum will build. And when people see this thing on TV – I, I think it's going to be beautiful. And, it, and it, it highlights all the romantic parts of the game. I, I think it's going to be a really fun night. Joe, we can't thank you enough for joining us. I know that you're a busy man calling every big moment in the history of anything that's big. Thank you for stopping by and chatting with us. And congrats on the hallway to the Hall of Fame nod that you so, so much deserve. 
Yeah, thanks, guys. Anytime, as you know. I appreciate it. Oh, you're a good guy. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Buck. That yeah! I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, don't get stuck doing the same workouts, okay? Making progress towards the future you means overcoming new challenges. There's no perfect body that everyone can achieve, but what we can do is continually become a better version of ourselves. FitBod creates a fitness program that continually adapts with new exercises and dynamic intensity that adjust to how you're progressing. So you'll be challenged to meet your goals at your own pace. FitBod is a beautiful thing because they you know, calculate that you could be different than everybody else because guess what? You are different than everybody else. Whether you're exercising three days a week or twice a day, every workout is scientifically proven to be better than the last. No equipment, no worries. FitBot has body weight routines for those looking to get fit at home or on the go. FitBot even has HD video tutorials to make learning new exercises a breeze. Personalized training can be tough on the budget, but FitBod is only $9.99 a month or $59.99 a year. Sign up now and you'll get 25% off your membership. Pick up the pace on your fitness journey with FitBod today, and your future self will thank you. Get 25% off your membership at fitbod.me forward slash pat. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E forward slash P-A-T. 25% off at fitbod.me forward slash pat. This is really cool, really awesome. Now's the time to get into shape with our friends at FitBod. AJ Hawk has some news to break. Go ahead, AJ. I do not have any news to break, but it was, what time's Joe on? 2.30? Uh, yeah, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, 2.30 sounds right to me. Okay. Just making sure. Thought it was 2.05. Shit. To be clear, then just looked down his sheet and saw it's two thirty. He's all famer. I'm excited to talk to him. A lot of guests today. I was supposed yeah. to have Dollhauser. Couldn't get a hold of him. Maybe that'll happen never. But the the uh... <laughs> good run, Dollhauser. Man, I was I was excited to talk to Dollhauser. AJ. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure. What happened to him? He felt exactly. Through? I'm sure. You Dollhauser. Hey, remind remind some of your fans like what is what he does. <laughs> Yeah, so some of the people listening, not some of the people in the conversation at all. No. Dahlhauser is beach volleyball Olympic gold medal legend, six oh, foot thank ten. Thank you beast. for letting people know. Yeah, I'm letting people know who maybe he was supposed to join us in the first hour. He did not. Last hour, Clyde Christensen came on, talked to us about the Hall of Fame weekend and what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are up to. It sounds like they're on. They're good. There's nothing slowing them down right now. And if this makes the Saints situation even worse, and I don't want to pile on the Saints fans because it has been very good for a long time, and I don't want to be the one that abruptly brings some negativity into their life on a daily basis, which is what seems to be happening for the Saints. But that Buccaneers team, without content, it sounds like they are. Clyde talking about how everybody just loves to practice and keep it moving. Mike Greenberg working those salary cap numbers. That team could be a... That could be a dynasty type thing cooking off there. And what will the memory and legacy of Tom be then if he wins a couple down here in Tampa Bay doing He's it? He's going with the Tampa helmet on. He's going to the Hall of Fame with a Tampa helmet, right? Oh, I would imagine. I thought the whole thing is that you don't have to decide who you go in as in the NFL Hall of Fame. Yeah, you don't, right? Because Peyton didn't <laughs> yeah, and right. Vinatieri yeah. won't so thought- have to. Uh, but it is the pictures that will be used of Tom. And we just It'll hope- be nice to see, though. Don't you think he'll have, like – some of his family will have Patriots like hats on. Some will have Bucks hats on. Like they'll all they'll, they'll mix it up. I think they'll all be coordinated on one particular team whenever the family goes in. But the ex teammates from different teams will definitely be representing. He'll never be able to top what he did in New England for twenty years. But the next four to five, 
there might be a chance to take a run at that entire thing, especially with how talented the defense is on that team, which Peyton gave a lot of credit to for whenever he went to Denver with how good that defense is. Yeah, my saving grace is that no matter what, I just don't see how another 28-3 to Super Bowl comeback will happen ever again. And to your point about their defense, I don't think their defense will ever let up 28 points in the Super Bowl. That defense and team is ready to go. Yeah. The fact that they're just so comfortable and confident is great. Let's get back to uh, some other news happening around the NFL. Joe Burrow has come out and said that it would be accurate to say that it is a mental thing right now. I would say right now it is a mental thing, says Joe Burrow. I'm just getting back to used to playing football again against top-level competition. Hopefully a couple more reps, a couple more days, we'll get it back to my old self. Burrow hinted that he gets a little concerned when people are getting too close in the pocket, something other quarterbacks have mentioned having to overcome when returning from knee injuries. I'm not 100% sure if it's just the pocket maybe, the presence, and getting a little happy feet and worried about somebody hitting you in the knee again. But also, everything it is to go all the way in full full pressure, full weight, full speed, full torque, that is something that is not easy to get over the mental hurdle of, especially your first big-time surgery. Whenever you got a lot of people telling you it's not going to hurt, you're not going to hurt yourself any worse, you'll be okay, you'll be back in that. That is a tough thing to do. Joe Burrow's an Ohio kid. He'll get through it, right, AJ? Yeah, of course. And I, I think I mentioned this on the show a couple months ago. Like, it's when people are coming back from ACLs, especially their first ACL tear, like a huge hurdle is that mental hurdle of saying, all right, I can go all out. I can still cut and it's not going to pop on me. And I think Joe was saying, yeah, when I'm in the pocket and there's bodies around me, it feels kind of weird. I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to respond or how my knee is going to respond, but sounds like he's going to have it all figured out here within a week or two. And it hurts too, by the way. Like, he's. There's like little moments where your scar tissue catches or something happens that you haven't done before and there's a little bit of a worry. There's a little moment where you're like, oh, no, am I going to do this? All that. Or did work. I do it again? Yeah. Oh, did, I, did, it happen? Did, I, did I just have like a slight little tear in it now? Like what's happening? Yeah, because after all this rehab in miserable days, miserable days rehabbing, doesn't get talked about enough. Everybody just hears surgery. They got to rehab their back. Okay, let's talk about that rehab part that is just the middle of a sentence. It is fucking miserable. It is not fun. Your entire offseason is spent teaching your knee how to be a knee again and then if you start feeling that pain again you start to automatically think to yourself oh no am I going to have to go back and do it? Oh, I did all that shit for nothing it's not an easy thing to get over it is not it's not an easy thing to get over feels like he knows that he's back on track he might be getting a little bit more comfortable with, with each passing day but for Bengals fans let's just hope they Maybe get him an indoor practice facility so his joints won't get beat up whenever it's freezing cold outside in the middle of the goddamn winter. And obviously, Joe and Jamar have a great relationship, but do you think deep down he really wishes that the Bengals did end up <laughs> taking Penny Sewell with their draft pick instead of going with the wide receiver? How's Sewell doing up there in Detroit? Is he just mauling He's folks? Mauling people. Love him. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> There's no Sewell, man. Yeah. He's so tough, man. It's unbelievable. This guy loves football, man. I love him. How many coffees do <laughs> you think for Sewell out there? Uh, at least probably two, three, Black eyes and all three of them. Doosh, 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 doosh. <laughs> I love it, man. We need you guys to come out and be the firewood, douse yourselves in gasoline. We're, we're going to have fun this year, man. Hey, I thought that was a good angle, by the way. The bonfire angle oh, yeah. for the yeah. promo he cut. I'd never heard it before. I'd never heard that angle before. I was excited to see where he was going to get to because he did mention the beers, you know, and yeah. the music yeah. playing, and he got through there. And then at the end, he said, you know, we're going to start, and then you guys will throw the gasoline onto the fire. Right. That's what we need out of our pride. You know, that's what we need out of the fans here. MCDC, every time he grabs a microphone, says something quotable, and I will forever be thankful for that. I hope the Lions win this year so we can continue to get – 
pumped up MCDC as opposed to the MCDC that might have to happen if they don't win talking about what went wrong owning it himself this is my fault man this is my fault these guys fought so hard man <laughs> listen I know we got beat by six touchdowns man but these guys man they love the game <laughs> and we'll get it right man we'll get it right that's good. It is. That's so good. How it's, tough is it, though? How many NFL head coaches would you feel confident giving them a mic and saying, all right, here you go. go get, just say, just talk for two or three minutes to the whole stadium. Sheila Fordham. <laughs> as soon as she saw that opening press conference, she said, listen, let's give this guy a microphone any fucking time we yes. can. And uh, I, for one, am very thankful about it. But Ty, yeah, Ty, Ty has really been honing in on the MCDC because I think throughout the year there's going to be a lot of moments. I think so too. I think so. Hey, Ty has another new one too, doesn't he? I heard him do another. I forget who it was, but it was great. Oh, I can't wait. What does that mean? No, no, you. Ty was doing someone like another someone that is not like a Jay Glazer or Mel Kuyper and somebody else other than MCDC. I forget Ty. Who all do you do right now? Uh, uh, who I, mean, I don't do know. Right? What are you alluding to, Hawk? What, what are what, you trying I, to get I'm us trying into? to figure out who the other impression was that I I heard Ty do it. I was like, geez, that's another one that he has dialed in. I think Fox is right. I think Sirianni was the one he did. Oh, yeah, yeah. He did that yeah. yesterday. Yeah. I'd yeah. never heard that one. There's yeah. no way AJ heard that one. Didn't you just do it? In, did you do it in here? Did I you heard Sirianni. I did it in here. Is that your fa- is Sirianni who you're referring to? Yeah, I, I was Sirianni because I, I saw Ty talking about it, and I wanted to set Ty up with Darius Leonard because Ty was annihilating Sirianni, and Darius has backed Sirianni big time and, and like, defended him. Oh, see, that's a deep cut right there. I did not, you know. I didn't get the chance, but I was going to try to set Ty up to where Darius would get real mad at him. Oh, so you were trying <laughs> to set up Ty to potentially bury yeah. Sirianni in front of the guy eating Lunchables who just signed for $52 million? <laughs> Guaranteed, yeah, 95 overall, yep. That's why this show is Here this we go. show. Uh-huh. We got a guy trying to start shit from hundreds of miles <laughs> yeah. away. Okay, with somebody else. You, did you bury... Oh, yeah, you called him. Oh, yeah, that was on this show. You yeah. killed him for like 15 oh, yeah. minutes. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Making MCDC look like Tom Landry. Well, uh, yeah, I forgot about quote. that. You right. did, Sirianni, did he deserve that? It was oh, the yeah. voice, too, that you did. Oh, yeah. Look at a guy like Kobayashi, okay? He breaks the hot dogs in half. He dunks them in the, the water that he had. And that water is room temperature. It has specific water. And what I mean by this is it's the little things. That's how we are going to win football games. Oh, yeah. And that's basically what he said. It made absolute no, no sense. It's complete gibberish, but I hope the Eagles do well this year. Didn't he say this was like, that's just one example of how we talk? Yeah, about that's just one example of what we're trying to do here. Okay. Less thinky. Yeah, less thinky, more athlete takeover. <laughs> and that's what we do. See, I knew there was one. I knew there was one I really liked. Sirianni does not deserve any of this. I completely forgot about it yesterday, man. We were on the moon yesterday. Yeah. We were on the moon uh-huh. yesterday. We had quite a day yesterday, AJ. I don't know if you knew it. Trying to get out of that weekend that we all had. <laughs> I for- completely forgot about that moment there. I'm going to let you know, when you said there at the end of that that you you hope the Eagles do well this year, yeah. you don't mean it. Yeah, I, do. I do hope that the Eagles I have love Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Philadelphia does not deserve everything that has kind of happened there. Well, that's well, why I'm also yeah. very excited to see how Philly's fan base reacts to Sirianni if they were to, say, go 3-14 and 14 this year or 2-15. and 15. <laughs> Why do you hate the Eagles so bad? I what? don't hate the Eagles. I love the Eagles. You just think Sirianni is- I just think he is a big fucking doofus. Well, well, look how happy he is. I hate that Sirianni has to, to take it, but it 
Ty is very good at that. But a quick pivot to another question. I know oh, you guys great. are the gamblers. Have the Hammer Down guys talked about betting the Bears in the preseason when you have yes. Justin Fields as your backup and Nick Foles as your third stringer? Like That's going to be some quality QB play in the second half. That will be some quality QB play in the second half. But like Clyde said, in the second half, you got a lot of people that – yeah, but at least you know you have a guy at the helm that can make plays. Can oh, Nick yeah. run? Can Nick run? No. I'm betting on mobile quarterbacks in preseason. Ten right, times Justin out Fields of ten. going to get a lot of reps, isn't he? Is he starting these games, I assume, or are they going to let Andy Dalton get out there? I mean, I feel like I, in that situation they know kind of who Foles and Dalton are, so I would assume. And and uh, what's his name? Nagy came out yeah. this morning and yeah. said the only way we're going to find out what Foles – or sorry, what um, Fields. Fields is, is to play him. Yeah, and the Dolphins aren't going to play Jacoby. I don't think he's a vet, and their third stringer is. So what? Tua's playing. You're saying? I don't think Tua will play either. Bears are minus three again. Oh, the Bears play are Jacoby. playing the Dolphins. Yeah. Yes, that's Saturday. Why he said that. Okay. Okay. So everybody should have known that. I should have known that. Of course, <laughs> that is 100 percent my fault. But Fields, he's probably going to. He moves right. Great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fields moves great. So I just read something. That he will be playing a lot on Saturday. Yeah. Okay. So, and I might be wrong here. We'll, we'll test this out. I will listen to the Hammer Down Boys as we go through preseason. I assume you guys will have to find the wave to a preseason. That's what the Hammer Down Boys do. By the way, they dig deep mm-hmm. into the sports book to find the right things we can safely bet on and things we don't know. Preseason is quite a gamble, but yeah. I'm always going to look at the mobile quarterback Smart. because when inevitably the wide receiver has no idea where they're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And when the offensive line blocks – somebody they're not supposed to block and somebody comes free and a running back potentially goes the complete wrong direction. If the player can move, that's going to help their offense immensely, and that happens more often than not in these first couple games. So if Justin Fields is going to play a lot, we should feel good. And then Nick Foles is going to come in at the end and maybe slice and dice these third stringers. Bears might win by 60. That's a great call, AJ. I started thinking about that, just thinking of like QB play in the preseason, and you're going to see a lot of – like bland defensive schemes that just say it's like an unwritten rule. When I was in Cincinnati, I blitzed on the very first. So I was in Cincy first play of the game. We, we practiced with the Giants two days. Very first play of the game. I was walked out on a slot. He motions over in my brain in the defense. I'm like, yeah, this is, yeah, I get to blitz now off the edge. Just the check. So I blitz off the edge. The quarterback, I think just has to throw it in the ground or something. Cause I come free. And my linebacker coach, when I got off the field, he was like, man, what the hell happened? He said <laughs> their coaches started saying something to him because they're like, what are you, you're blitzing us on the first play? You got a, we got a free runner. Like, that's, we don't do that. That's not what we're doing here. And uh, he had to tell me, hey, listen, his first, his first snap ever here in Cincy, he didn't know exactly what he was excited. doing. He got excited. He got a little excited. He saw, okay, football tells me I should go. Mm-hmm. We didn't tell him about the agreement we made, which does happen, which is why I was so surprised that the Cowboys ran a blitz against Dwayne Haskins. Did you mm-hmm. see that? I was mind blown because that never happens, right? To your point, there's normally a complete agreement between both coaches before the game gets started, right? What you're allowed to show, what you're not allowed to show, what we're going to do, what we're not going to do. It happens in special teams. Uh, does it happen everywhere else? Obviously, you don't get the message, especially in Cincinnati, but that was surprising to me when they ran a pressure against Dwayne Haskins. What was it? Was it third down? I don't remember. Maybe it might have been second. Yeah, it wasn't, it's not that it you can't third. blitz. It's just like, especially early on and stuff. Don't, you're not showing your exotic blitzes or any, anything. But there's also things that look like blitzes. If you're playing man and a guy hugs the back, green dog, whatever they call it, it looks like a blitz because your back is blocking. I have him. Oop, I'm just going to wrap it right to the quarterback. Okay, so you're saying it might not look like they're bringing extra guys. It might just be a read by said player who says, okay, I know the back has me. The back's not moving. I'm here. I might as well go for it. Yeah, I mean, that's a term like, hey, you got a dead dog, green dog. They always, There's all different terms for it. Hug him. So, hey, he, okay, I have the back. If Wherever he goes, I have him. If he steps up in the line to the block, 
I'm going to blitz over top of him. I'm going to try to run through him to the quarterback. Dead dog or green dog? Green dog a lot, people. Were you a green dog out there? You were a green dog whenever they motioned in and you kind of called your own number there. You were a green dog in it, weren't you? You Hell son yeah. of a bitch. Hell yeah. I think we just said we'd hug the back. Oh, who's green dog in then? Who said green dog? Just depends what scheme you're in. Some schemes say, say green dog. Is Mike Everyone McCarthy? Everyone has their own language. Mike McCarthy, big green dog scheme guy down there on the defensive side of the ball? I don't know. He, you know, he didn't do a whole lot with the defense when I was in Green Bay, but he's probably a green dog guy. Dom Caper's a green dog guy. Mm-hmm. Big time. Yeah, Dom doesn't care. As long as you get the job done, you can call it whatever you want. <laughs> Find out about Big Night. Well, who's calling a green dog then? I mean, a lot of people. A lot of schemes. I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to tell you specific people. I don't know exactly. Like, what system it came from, who came with the, up with the term years ago. Well, who's saying green dog, by the way? That's just something that's understood that, hey, if this happens, you green dog this thing. You go right Yeah, it means you, fought, you, you blitz over top of your guy. Is it dog D-A-W-G, too, huh? Yeah, like dog, like that kid. Yeah, yeah. D-A-W-W-G, usually, yeah. Dog. Oh, green yeah. dog. Dog. <laughs> yep. You bark when you blitz. I'll you tell you what, if I was on defense, I'd, I'd want a green dog. It. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. That's like dream come true when you get a chance of green dog. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that right? Yeah, you just better make sure he's not leaking out for a screen. Oh, oh. no, because then green dog becomes red dog. Oh. That's why you got to take him with you. you Brown dog. You take mm-hmm. your with you. Start pooping all over the place. Yeah. All right. I learned more about football from talking to you like in a couple minutes than I have in my entire life. I really appreciate that. I did not know that we had green dogs out there running around making plays. I on. learned. Hey, I've learned a lot more about the kicking and punting game from you that I never even thought of when I was playing. Look at that. Maybe could have been a better teammate to all your punter friends. Yeah, I was running. always there. I was always there in the special teams meetings. I just did little your little tricks and intricacies. Like I did. I didn't. I knew somewhat. But I didn't know how much it was on the snapper to get the laces right. I knew we were hoping to get it right from the snapper, but I always thought, like, oh, no, it's the holder's job, really, to spin it if you need to. It is, by the way, but the snapper is specifically judged on the laces. It has to go from uh, 9 to 3 is where you're looking for it to get, which means laces, if you look at a clock and 12 being uh, through the uprights, 9 a.m. or p.m. straight ahead, three straight back at the holder. The laces are just trying to land in there. That would be a successful snap. And they're making some of them are making a million bucks a year, by the way. And that is how they are judged on the and field. And they should. They should get paid great money. That's a huge part of part of the game that nobody talks about unless you mess it up. And a lot of the guys that are making a million bucks are machines. They get down there, and it is the same snap every single time. That is what they're judged off of and paid off of. In college, I don't think there's as much of a demand or expectation, but in the NFL, now that it has become its own position, it is not no longer a tight end, defensive end, uh, whoever, linebacker snapping, and also uh, playing their other position. Now that it is a its own position, it gets paid a lot of money, uh, and they do a great job and are a massive part of everything, that is how they get judged. And every once in a while, I have somebody tell me, hey, you're wrong. I mean, Whoa. it's like, all right. Go back to Matt Overton and uh, ask him if he got blamed for the laces or not. You know, he very rarely had a miss. That's why he was around for so long. But when he did, you know, that was like he hung his head. Like it was like a, a you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's a big deal. Didn't it's do like, my job. Miss, like, miss kick. Were you a bat? Were you a backup long snapper? No, I was never a long snapper. Actually, and a fifth overall pick. Mm. With how athletic you are at linebacker position, you would normally get asked to, hey, let's see if this guy can throw a ball between his legs upside down quarterback or not. 
I mean, there's that one game where he didn't play against the Eagles, requested a trade right after. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what? Fine. Put Hawk out there. He can play. Let hey, him if run. You, if you don't think I can play in a, against a spread offense, what do you even have me here for? What's the point? I was a fifth overall pick. Put me on the fucking field. I'll I, make plays. I ran a four fucking three. You remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do we do? You're, put, you're subbing me out for somebody that's slower than me, dumber than me, and worse than me? Okay. Well, I'd like to get the fuck out of here. Trade me. No, I didn't say that. That's not what I heard. No, other, I, know you, I don't know. I know. I don't know what you heard, but yeah, other people said it for AJ. By the uh-huh. way, I think it's kind of the. Okay. Are we serious? We're not playing this guy. Why aren't we playing? He's our oh. fastest guy. Pistol from the sidelines. Oh, pistol! Oh, my fucking son! Over and over again. <laughs> was that it in Philly happened. or in, never happened? <laughs> was it in Philly or was it in Green Bay that game? Uh, that game was in Philly. Okay, so imagine if it was at Green Bay and he had to just wear a hoodie. And stand on the sideline in Green Bay in front of all those Packers fans. Oh, uh, the hair too. Oh, uh, and everybody in the fans. Why is AJ not playing? What the hell? That guy's like our. That's one of our franchise players. Why is he not on the field? Let the fucking hawk fly. Mm-hmm. That bird's too slow. They said, can't keep up with the eagle. Signed. Hey, had, that was back when uh, Marshawn was on the Bills. Then, like people forget yeah. his career with the Bills. Uh-huh. Hey, I don't. You ever seen the clip of him? Kind of becoming one with Buffalo and going to the Applebee's. Yes, the best. (laughs) He's the best. He is the absolute best. Uh, Big Ben uh, had to talk about his. All right, let's start that over again. We can't begin it with an uh uh-oh from Toxic Ohio. Big Ben Roethlisberger has addressed his offseason, okay, and everything that he has potentially changed or not changed. The big conversation coming out of Ben's camp allegedly was that he is a stricter diet than Tom Brady. Then mixed reports were coming out after the first day of camp when he wore a shirt that said different, and then people said he hasn't really changed much, but he is in better shape. Now, Mark Mask is reporting from their story, and their story is one that you need to read. Mm -hmm. Have to. From our story, says Mark Mask, Ben Roethlisberger on showing up to camp looking trim and fit. I'm not getting any younger. I'm almost 40 years old, so you got to take care of yourself. And nothing against Tom Brady, but I'm not eating avocado ice cream. So the initial report that Ben was eating healthier than Tom Brady so much so, he was so strict on his diet, he was going to be a brand new guy. Now he's getting older. It turns out that was a big fugaze, but Ben Roethlisberger is looking out for his health now that he's almost 40. That's good news for everybody, especially in the Enzer Steeler Nation. Does anybody see Ben playing past this season? Art Art Rooney, the second, third, the second. There was one beforehand. Rest in peace. Chief. Thank you, Chief. You kind of spit on a moment of silence for him. Oh, I didn't know we were having a moment of silence. What are you going to say? I know, but it just kind of was assumed, I think. Piece of shit. He did say thank you, though. So, I mean, it was. What the hell? I guess, you know what? Don't. Don't, don't, don't you don't dare. Do it. Don't, don't do it. Oh, my God. What were you going to say? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. no. Anyways, our uh, ruling second, don't. though, said, let's not say, let's, it's not set in stone <laughs> that Ben is done after this year is what he said. So he kind of left the door open. If Ben can continue to play at a high level, especially one year removed from the Tommy on surgery, I, I'd assume Pittsburgh would want him back, especially this being the first year in the Matt Canada offense, maybe to get him a little bit more comfortable. Would you guys like to see Ben Roethlisberger another couple years in Pittsburgh as Steelers fans at COVID Cowboy Tone Dicks? Ben's got a lifelong pass for me. He can play as long as he wants. And you know what? Congrats to him on reading the room. Hey, Yinzer's liked it. I'm taking care of my body, but 
They don't like avocado ice cream, so I ain't doing that. Yeah, there was no avocado <laughs> ice cream is what Ben Roethlisberger saying. I ain't doing any of that. It's the same old Ben, don't you worry. But what if he comes out and fucking stinks? Have we thought about that? He's not going to. By the way, Ben is a good quarterback, great quarterback, going to end up in the Hall of Fame. He'll be able to figure out how to make plays, I think. But there were some games last year where that offense looked despicable. And I know Randy Hazer is gone or whatever, but the thought of of Ben maybe having a, 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 a rebirth this year, that's the kind of the thought in Matt Cannon's offense, especially with the jet sweeps and everything? Yeah, just like Tom stunk with the Patriots the last year that he was there, and then he was great and won the Super Bowl. That's what will happen with Ben. Same building, though. What do you mean? Tom left, goes to a new Different place. Different O.C.? Different offense coordinator from the same, though. Isn't he from the – Nah. He, he's uh, not from uh, – His first year there was last year, so <clears throat> Tampa fucking Connor doesn't know. Oh. oh. Hey, don't forget, every time you hear that, you did that. No, I didn't. I apologize. Yeah, you did. I apologize. I apologize, BR, I apologize already. BR, BR McAfee. That's I, what I'm going to start asking you. Because you're causing – This guy, this guy, everyone who I know probably – What are you pointing at me, me for? Tampa I haven't Connor. said it once. I haven't called you that. I haven't either. I've stopped saying that. I, I wasn't there. Oh, no. I apologize. You walked all the way up to it, and then right when you were about to say it, you said, you know what? I'll let someone else do. No. Yeah. <laughs> and then three callers in a row. I mean, what's wrong, with being, like, what's wrong with being lumped in with greatness? Well, the like, issue is, for Connor, you know... Matt Damon, amongst other reasons, but also Whoa. other uh, other. You can't be saying Matt Damon's name. Other Boston legends and icons that started supporting Tom Brady over the Patriots really, really ruffled his feathers. Big I mean, time. he was so mad. That's yeah, bullshit. And me and Ty had to do a full like. Didn't he want to see Tom win a Super now, Bowl a last year as Tampa? It made us think that. So I don't think he has gone to the extent of ever saying ever that he hopes Tampa would beat New England. He's never said that. No. But the Tampa <laughs> Con- <laughs> The only thing I said last year was Brady can't win a Super Bowl because of the Peyton Manning effect that happened with Indy. Is your microphone off, by the way? I hope. It sounds, Probably. I think it Tampa's is. Tampa's nice, pal. You're going to love it. <laughs> that is it's not comfy. comfy. That is not comfy. ballets are awesome. Oh, don't <laughs> drag me into that. That is not comfy, by the way. That was, uh, that was a deep fake back there. I don't Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. The fact that you allow us to be a part of your day-to-day, Monday through Friday, I am eternally grateful for it. The boys had a good one today. The guests were oh, Fantastic. And tomorrow's going to be somehow even bigger and better. Hashtag end of pod squad. I appreciate the hell out of you. Be a friend, tell a friend. Big one coming tomorrow. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Tuesday night. Cheers. Cheers.